0: Hey everybody, this is the first ever episode of Sports Goofs. I just want to do a little bit of a introduction to everybody who's listening to our podcast for the first time and starting with the first episode. We started back in 2018 in March and believe me, we had no idea what we were doing. In fact, it wasn't even really a podcast. It was a live show that streamed on YouTube and we basically did that for almost about two and a half years before we decided to finally put it on a podcast platform and since then we have made great improvements if you listen to this first episode we do not sound very good we sound incredibly awful I had a potato for a mic and it was just kind of bland Our, our personalities hadn't fleshed out including one of the guys that didn't even stick around for more than two episodes So we would eventually get Charles in on the fun. Me and Andrew have been together pretty much the entire uh, history of the show. And now we're a lot more lively. We kind of sort of know what we're doing. We do a live show and a podcast version afterwards. We have sponsors now. We have a nice listenership and we have some fans. We have Patreon. We have everything. And... It's been a long time coming for this, and I'm, I'm pretty glad that it's happening. And I just want to introduce uh, introduce this to people. You see, you see, this is this is what I do for for doing this spontaneously. But we try hard, and we hope that you guys will stick around with us. And please don't judge us on this first episode because it is awful. I will readily admit that, but. It is our first episode, and I'm kind of proud that we have made it as long as we did and still continue to have fun with this show. Anyways, enjoy. Hope you listen to the rest of our episodes and our new ones, especially.
1: Hello, everybody. This is uh, FGOJR, and this is the first-ever edition of the Sports Goose podcast. And we've got uh, Damp Free As he likes to be called, yeah, he likes to be called. uh, I have no idea why that – why do you have that name?
2: Um, I was playing Rock Band. (laughs) Oh, my God. I can not believe it's been this long, but I was playing the first edition of Rock Band way back when. Um, We decided – a couple of friends and I decided to make a band name um, using the random name generator, and the (laughs) one that came up that we liked was the Damp Frijoles and it just kind of stuck.
1: Okay. All right. That's, uh, that's interesting. <laughs> from way back when it's
2: not as fun as you might imagine.
1: Okay. Yeah. I mean, I thought it had something to do with beans, but okay. <laughs> um, so then, we, so that's uh Dan free And then we've got, uh, who we're, we're, we're going to call Dougie souls as he was known in law school. What's going on everybody? So yeah, that's, that's Dougie souls. Uh, it was kind of a, a nickname that was thought up by our friend uh, – uh, we're, we're just going to call him Allie John. Yeah, Ali J. He <laughs> <laughs> came up with a naming convention for our professors, and it kind of just translated to everybody else. And so he was known it, – it, it,
3: it, it just spread like a disease. It was amazing. <laughs> like a disease to the law school. It was a pleasant disease. It was, it was amazing.
1: Okay. Yeah, so uh, – and we'll we'll probably uh share this with them and tell them we we shouted them out. Uh, so yeah, this is the Sports Goods podcast. We're just uh three uh friends that met in law school and we were, you know, our common connection is sports. Uh we love our teams down here. Uh Doug is uh from South Florida for the Miami area and he's yes, uh he's a big fan of the of the yeah, the 305, the the big four teams down here. And then we've got, uh we've got, uh, Senor Frijoles, who's, uh, from, uh, he's from all over the place, but I guess his, his home base or his, his former home base was in central Florida. So he's kind of, uh, he's kind of our influence from, from, from up there.
2: Yeah. I'm, I'm originally from Orlando. Um, but Orlando doesn't have all the big sports teams there. So I kind of go across the I four corridor. So, uh, Tampa Bay Lightning and Rays, Orlando Magic, uh, kind of all over the place.
0: Yeah, and
1: and and me, I'm uh, I'm from West Palm, a couple of counties up north in the uh, in South Florida, but uh, because of of the proximity to Miami, I I just follow the four teams down here, so that's 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 how my fandom is. Uh, and uh, well, as far as our college affiliation, um, I went to Florida State as an undergrad, so I'm the FSU rep down here. And then uh, Dan Frijoles, uh, continuing with the Central Florida theme, he's all UCF. <laughs>
2: yeah, I don't, it annoys people to some extent sometimes, but uh, yeah, UCF fan, charge on
1: and then we've got uh dougie souls who uh he uh he reps the uh the f i u but of course like everybody in miami <laughs> he didn't go to u m but he's full on on the on the canes bandwagon on the u since he was a cane right since Damn born and right. raised. <laughs> because
3: everybody growing up in- miami, growing up as a sports fan in miami you're not gonna grow up as an f i u fan they don't they don't have the same brand, national brand. You're not gonna see see them on T V. So growing up all I saw were the Canes, you know, all I went to were Canes games. So yes, I'm a I'm a T shirt fan. I didn't actually go to university <laughs> but I've spent seven years at FIU, four years undergrad, three years graduate school and um yeah I've I've grown to to love the athletic program there despite its uh its fallacies. Hey, and, hey, uh, hey, we finally you know, made it in football. <laughs> No, we did, see, but look, they had to go and get a, a University of Miami guy in Butch Davis to bring him back, so that that's true. what I'm saying, that's that what I'm saying, true. so fired up about that, and yeah, go Canes, go Panthers.
1: All right, so yeah, that's a little bit of background on us, uh, so we're already five minutes in, and I guess we can start talking about our topics, we each have three topics that we want to talk about, just to kind of keep it uh, contained, so we don't go off on too many tangents, because I, I have a feeling we're going to go off on tangents. And uh, that's that's kind of what uh, we do as uh and, uh and Doug by the way see uh, tangent right here you know you can always get your uh your your master's in law at UM if you wanted to get further that into debt true. if you want to get further that into is debt true.
3: I mean isn't that the goal for everybody
1: Oh yeah yeah isn't
3: that the Ameri- isn't that the American dream right I, there
1: I live it every day as my hair gets grayer and grayer <laughs> and I work. Forty five plus hours <laughs> just to try and make ends meet. Uh, so we've got uh our the these are the topics we're covering today. Um well Dougie Souls is covering the recent trade of Jarvis Landry from the Miami Dolphins to the Cleveland Browns and my condolences to Jarvis. Um we hardly knew you.
3: R. I. P. <laughs>
1: uh followed by uh Doug will also be talking about the Miami Heat playoff push as they are in the thick of it in the Eastern conference between the three and eight seed are just like bumper to bumper and who knows who will seed by the end of this. And then finally, uh, Doug will once again um, have a heart attack about the Dolphins as he talks about the draft, (laughs) the upcoming draft. And maybe by some miracle, the Dolphins draft somebody that'll save the franchise. Absolutely, the player
3: is there. We just need to make the right moves.
1: <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Man, gotta have hope. I I am
1: the typical pessimistic Dolphins fan. I have I <laughs> I, I just I, I really hate them. I I love them, but I hate them so much. And he then we. They hurt you so much. Uh yeah yeah I'm just yeah. I, I, uh. uh so then we've got uh Dan Frijoles. He's gonna be covering uh. The uh, in, in inspirational uh, story of Shaquem Griffin, uh, former uh, UCF Golden Knights, who was uh, making some waves at the the combine, NFL combine that he just happened, and uh, we'll see where he, where he gets drafted as well. Followed by, uh, he's going to be talking about the proposed, and I'm sure Rays fans have been waiting forever about a, a new stadium, either in Tampa or. St. Pete, or I guess this one's planned for Ybor City, so he'll talk a little bit about that. And then finally, some national stuff. He'll probably uh, he's going to be talking about the Vegas Golden Knights, the 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 hottest team, uh, the I guess the best story in sports over the past year, and definitely this year. Uh, and uh, yeah, and he's uh, he's letting me know uh, through text. I don't know why he's not saying it, but <laughs> that the UCF. To call you out. Oh no 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 I I, no I get it because the Vegas Golden Knights. Are different from the UCF nights that they, they, they dropped the golden, just like the FIU Panthers dropped the golden from their name. Yeah, we're
3: not the Golden Panthers anymore. Just
1: the Panthers. Well, it's better than what. what I'm just what, trying
2: to. What? I'm just trying to save you from ridicule from any UCF fans to end up watching this.
1: Uh, well, okay. Well, yeah, sure. You guys have like three good years, and you guys are charping at us. National <laughs> champions, dear lord. <laughs> the parades. The, and the parade. The shirts. Uh, but, uh, I'm not going to
2: comment on that because I'm <laughs> like wearing my National Champions hat right now. Uh,
1: okay, you see. Um, and yeah, so, so that's the, the Vegas Golden Knights. They're the inspirational stories. I'll be talking about the the Florida Panthers. I don't know. They just came out of the grave. Um, As some of you may or may not know, I I write for Litterbox Cats. I have a press pass for the Florida Panthers games. And I, I – I called the Panthers all but dead back in December, and now they've completely proven me wrong. Made, made me eat crow or woodpecker, as Doug would uh, attest to, because he's got a woodpecker outside his house. Uh yeah, really annoying him. I, I was
3: gonna do this podcast from outside my house, and there's a damn woodpecker in the tree in my backyard making so much noise, so I had to move it back in. <laughs>
1: got uh,
3: woody out there.
1: Yeah, so so that's uh, the pa- I'll be talking about the Panthers. And then I'll talk about the Marlins' uh, spring training. I, I mean, they're actually doing all right, doing pretty well, actually. But it, it's spring training, so I don't want to get too excited. And I probably shouldn't get too excited because I know they're going gonna... to. Yeah,
3: it, it's, it's the Marlins. It's only going to lead to disappointment.
1: Yeah. And then finally, I guess to to get some more national news, uh, I just want to get these guys' opinions on, on, well, the whole controversy with the NCAA because, I mean, that organization is just. Like, I don't know, it's corrupt beyond belief, I think. I, I agree with, like, LeBron on his feelings about the expanding the NBA G League to be more like the Major League Baseball or National Hockey League minor league system where kids can come out of high school and basically sign with with a minor league team and develop because uh, some the one-and-done thing I don't think works anymore.
3: No, not at all. I, I don't – totally unique to to basketball I mean there's there's no support system in the league. you have the G League but it's not a viable alternative right now so yeah what should be done to make it a viable alternative to these young athletes coming out of high school that you know college is not necessarily something they want to pursue
1: that or the colleges just aren't offering enough for all the work that they do
3: that as well yeah that's the other big point right there
1: so that's We'll be talking about the G League, um, so now we're at 10 minute mark or past it now. So we can start with the first topic. We're we're gonna give Dougie Souls the floor here because I think he has a lot to say about the Miami Dolphins. And as a pessimistic Dolphins fan myself, I actually eat this stuff up uh, when somebody <laughs> so when somebody's really angry at the Dolphins because yeah, Doug, go ahead, start your 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 talk.
3: Yeah, so, uh, you know, classic Dolphins fashion and trading a a young superstar that we've drafted and developed for, you know, for nothing. Uh I heard about the trade when it happened the day of, you know, five, ten minutes after it broke, and I heard that we traded Jarvis Landry to the Browns before we got word of any type of compensation the Dolphins were going to get back. So my mind starts running. I'm like, okay, cool, we probably got a good return. You know, I'm thinking, you know, something for the upcoming draft maybe we trade him and flip our 11th pick for cleveland's fourth pick and then we give further compensation like a couple of more second rounders third rounders so forth just to move up in the draft so i was like okay i can i can live with that you know that sounds good and then what happens later about i don't know maybe 40 minutes later 50 minutes later i check twitter and i see the competition it's a 2018 was it fourth round pick? And
0: fourth then round.
3: A, yes. And then a 2019 um, seventh round pick. Is it a seventh round pick? Yeah. Yeah. So, two, three time Pro Bowler, guy that's your most productive wide receiver that if we would have kept him, would have broken the records in Miami for wide receiver productivity. A guy that brings yeah. heart and passion on the field. Yeah. every single day, every single play. He, and sometimes it annoys fans. It's annoyed me in the past, you know, seeing him do his little first down sign for down 28 <laughs> points in the fourth quarter <laughs> once he gets a meaningless first down. But still, at least it showed a little bit of heart on a lifeless Dolphins offense, because that is the only way you can describe the offense for the Dolphins for the past, I don't know, decade is yeah. lifeless, gutless. Um American In that, injury. he was the only one bringing a spark on that offense. Yeah. So, you know, we're losing. We're losing a big piece of our offense. We'll yeah. be able to replace some of his productivity, but not all of it, and definitely not going to replace his, uh, you know, on the field passion. And to me, this trade is a perfect representation of the Tannenbaum era for the Miami Dolphins.
0: Oh boy. Mike
3: Tannenbaum Yeah. Was run out of New York. He was running the Jets. He destroyed that franchise. He ran it into the ground. They ran him out with Pitchforks pretty much. And Stephen Ross, after he purchased the Dolphins, was looking for some type <laughs> of
1: football guru. That seems like a good idea. Can,
3: yeah, yeah. You know, like the, the guy who ran the Jets. like you know, Mickey, Mickey Arison hired Pat Rowley as president of basketball operations to kind of run the team and, and make a successful franchise, and it's worked. Did he have a culture now and a, and a tradition of winning and championships to prove it? So Stephen Ross probably tried doing the same formula, except it went horrible. He hired the absolute worst person in Mike Tanibom to, to to lead the Dolphins, and we see it we we see it today. Yeah. We see the Dolphins continuously let go of good younger players, homegrown talent, only to overpay for free agents um i'm I'm, I'm, great i love Sue, but it his contract you know
1: your anger like okay i i just i was typing mike tannenbaum's name here on google and like the second Mm -hmm. result is mike tannenbaum is an idiot (laughs) yeah
3: exactly it's 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 a universal truth at this point the fact that he still has a job is amazing You know, I'm just counting down the days until we start seeing fire Mike Tannenbaum banners flying over a hard rock stadium because you know it's going to happen. You know, uh, for example, Olivier Vernon, a guy yeah, a I the that. That, that we let go, that we refused to pay.
1: That we could was, have what, him up three early. seasons ago now?
3: Yeah, we could have locked him up early, but we kicked the can down the road. He had a great season for us, and then he wanted a lot of money after one great season. And the Dolphins refused to pay that money. So they let him go. He signed with the Giants, made the Pro Bowl. He's balling out for the Giants. Jarvis Landry, same thing. We could have locked him up for for cheap years ago, but we kicked the can down the road, has a good season, all of a sudden wants more money than what we could have signed him for if we would have been proactive. And too much money, and the Dolphins end up having to trade him. Now, I don't think he's a $15, $16 million a year receiver because right. he's a slot receiver. He's not a number one receiver.
1: No, but he's not. He's not, he's not his, he's his friend, OBJ. Who
3: right, right. A, but we boys could boys. have signed him for cheaper than that if we would have been proactive and had vision in terms of where this franchise is going and what pieces are vital to our success. And I believe Jarvis Landry would have been one of those pivotal pieces if we had acted back yeah. then.
1: So you know, I, I, just I just I just put a, a I, I
3: didn't I didn't agree with paying him that much money. I, I just wish we would have gotten at least better compensation. But so I was putting a, a little too much faith in Mike. Tenenbaums.
1: If if you look at the background, I just put a Mike Tenenbaum's face up there, just him <laughs> looking extremely confused. Like, okay, so <laughs> I have to sign the good players, right?
3: <laughs> yeah, you know, just a guy. Mike Tenenbaum is basically playing a game of Madden. Just like seeing who's like the highest rated player at the time, not paying attention to the cap and giving them the best possible contract to get them to, to, to play for the Dolphins. Yeah. That is Mike Tannenbaum in a nutshell. He is the stereotypical Madden GM. No offense <laughs> the to Madden all the Madden, GM. Madden GMs out there. But that is Mike Tannenbaum. And the Dolphins are going to be the Dolphins, meaning they're going to be mediocre as long as Tannenbaum is
2: leading this team and making those decisions that hampers the team's success. The thing I found interesting and I don't know much about this trade. I mean, I'll be honest, I had never even heard of Jarvis Landry until all this happened. But, <laughs> but the apparently the Dolphins franchise tagged him and yes. then they decided to trade him.
1: That yes. makes absolutely
2: no sense. I mean, they kinda
3: they kinda had to because I think for a team to sign Jarvis Landry the compensation will have been stupid because when someone signs a restricted free agent uh, they have to give up draft picks and I can't remember what the what it was for Jarvis Landry but it was stupid high. so no team was going to sign them as a restricted free agent
1: mm-hmm. so they, yeah.
3: in a way they, they kind of had to I guess oh. give them the franchise flag oh. and uh, I honestly thought that we were gonna keep him for this year, he was gonna play out his franchise tag and leave. Because I didn't think anybody was gonna actually trade for him. So Tannenbaum I guess deserves a little bit credit in finding a trade partner that is willing to take a wide receiver out of franchise tag and there's no guarantee of a long-term deal. He still needs to negotiate that long-term contract with Cleveland, so who knows, maybe he has a terrible time in Cleveland, you know, that wouldn't be anything unforeseen given the history of the Browns in Cleveland,
0: mm. and um, <laughs> well, you know, no, you, he, he
3: walks away.
1: <laughs> okay, Doug, as a pessimistic Dolphins fan, watch what's going to happen. The Cleveland Browns are going to – Jarvis Landry is going to be the spark. He's going to be the savior of the franchise. <laughs> 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 and the I Dolphins mean, will become the Cleveland Browns.
3: I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Cleveland <laughs> is, is – you know, they traded for Tyrod Taylor. They got yeah. Jarvis Landry. They got Josh Gordon, Corey Coleman, Duke Johnson – they're probably gonna take Saquon Barkley, number one in the draft. He's one of the best uh, running back prospects in decades. So they're gonna have the talent. It's just whether they're they're gonna have you know the right leadership to to uh, you know get the results on the field.
1: Yeah. Uh, and for for Andrew, I've got in the background, I've got uh, some Jarvis Landry highlights as Doug sheds a single tear as he watches it.
3: <laughs> of, a single uh, lonesome tear.
1: Yeah, of uh, his highlights, and and he. Like he he made a lot of great plays. I mean, he, he brought me to my feet a lot of times, but
3: Oh yeah. Um, I was I was um you know, someone said the other day that his yards after the catch is is not that big. And it's true he doesn't have a lot of yak because most of the throws to him are probably five yard dump offs like, you know, like emergency options because we have no offense as the Dolphins so all we can do is five yard dump offs but <laughs> yeah, the, yeah the, looking at the numbers doesn't tell the whole story if you look at his yards after the catch you're like oh wow he didn't really make a lot of plays you know he was just anybody could catch you know however many footballs were thrown his way but that's what happens when you rely too much on numbers and you don't watch the games I watch the games and there are so many moments where he fought for that first down and extended drives, and those moments don't show up on the numbers on the stat sheet. So you know he brought a lot
1: of a lot of toughness to this team. Yeah, Yeah, so I'm. I'm already. Uh, I'm just gonna shut this off as I, I can't take it anymore. <laughs> you can't take it anymore. <laughs> yeah, we're, Closing we're at your heartstrings. Yeah, we're gonna close that. So thank you, Jarvis, <laughs> for everything that you did thank in you Miami. For your time, Jarvis. And
3: um, we appreciate like DJ Collin, We appreciate you. Yeah.
1: And and you know what, LeBron can leave Cleveland, and you'll you'll be the hero of Cleveland after this. So, so don't worry. Exactly. You'll be the <laughs> new
3: king. You're you're the prince of Cleveland right now. Yeah, Just exactly. For your time.
1: Okay, so uh, Doug, uh, I was actually pretty contained, Doug. I'm surprised you didn't completely blow your top.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean you you gotta keep you got you gotta keep cool, you know. I mean that that's our job anyways to keep cool during those uh emotional moments. So you know, you you gotta get your point across. But Mike Tannebaum, you're an idiot.
1: <laughs> All right, that's a good way to cap that topic off. Uh so now uh well, let's see, uh Dan Friolas you wanna go with your your first topic, Shaquem Griffin, you wanna talk about him?
2: Sure. Um so, Shaquem Griffin, I've had the honor and privilege to get, him over, uh, get to know him over the few years. His, well, He has a twin brother, Shaquille, who's currently a cornerback for the now absolutely depleted Legion of Boom up in Seattle. Um, I've had the pleasure to know both of them since uh, their freshman year back in 2013. Um, Shaquem Uh, was born with a disability uh, called amniotic band syndrome, which basically a part of the amniotic sac while he was in the womb wrapped around his hand and prevented it from developing. So at age four, it became so painful that he had it amputated. Um, Since then, he's he's spoken about it that a lot of people – You know, would try to not get into playing games. They would, you know, sit him out of games because he didn't have a hand. Mm -hmm. Um, Now he's going into the draft as a as a two-time American Athletic Conference uh, first-team roster player, uh, the 2016 uh, conference defensive player of the year. The uh, defensive player of the game in the 2018 Peach Bowl, and uh, his stra- his combine stats were incredible. He ran a a 4.38 in the 40 yard dash, in spite of the fact incredible six one and 227 pounds. Um, he did 20 uh, was it bar presses.
1: Yep. I've got it? I've got the uh yeah yeah, bench presses, I guess. Oh, but he I've got the highlights going right now of his uh his, his combine did, uh, right uh, now 20, in the
2: background. Uh bar presses, you'll see it. This oh is, uh, reps on the on the bench press. Twenty yeah, uh twenty reps on the bench uh bench press of two hundred twenty five pounds. So he basically benched himself twenty pound twenty times. Um and I'm not sure if it'll show it but he was using a prosthetic uh attachment to his arm to help him hold on to the bar. So you know, at least try to setting aside the There's a four three camera, eight, you right? guys
1: can see it there.
2: Yeah, this is him uh let's see, I think this is this is his simulcam with his uh with his twin Shaquille. Okay. Um Yeah, they they ran the same time. Nice. Uh, Shaquille maybe a tiny bit slower, but
1: um, not by much.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, and, like two tenths of a second. And just give
2: you an idea of how fast that is. Shaquille um, is I think thirty something pounds lighter than Shaquille a Shaquille at this time. Okay. They used to be literally identical. Um you know, Same height, same weight, same everything, but uh, over the last two years, uh, Scott Frost uh, and his coaching staff, they decided to switch Shaquem into a linebacker role as opposed to being a, uh, a defensive back like his brother. Uh-huh. So as a result, he, they had him grow a bit more, but he still has not lost any of that speed.
3: Yeah, he's, he's, it, it's amazing just seeing seeing what he can do, you know, especially considering, you know, like you you, you described it, the the condition he has, and for for him to be able to still do what he does, it's a it's an inspiration.
2: Absolutely. Although I will say that just speaking with him and stuff, he. He does not like the uh, does not like the term disability. He uh, he actually called out uh, USS uh, head coach Charlie Strong about that. He doesn't view this so much as a disability. He thinks it thinks of it more as just that's just him.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: just, yeah.
2: Um. But he also does recognize that. In being who he is, he's in a position to be an inspiration to others, and
1: definitely many
2: times he'll. uh, And by the way, the clips showing right now are him tearing it up against FIU. (laughs)
1: Uh,
2: That was a fun game to watch. (laughs) Fun for fun for you, not for me. Exactly. That was actually the game that got um, the previous coach fired. But I digress. Oh, Ron Turner. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I, I will thank you guys for that. Open Turner it up for Butch. Destroyed the program so bad. <laughs> he, is such a, he was such a bad hire. It's like, Pete Garcia, what are you thinking? Firing Mario Cristobal, the guy who gets into two bowl games, you win one bowl game from being an irrelevant team to that status, and then going for Ron Turner – Oh man, sorry, I had to hijack it. Yeah. No, I, I, I mean, it, that, that hearing, just thinking about Ron Turner triggers me as a, as, <laughs> as a, as a FIU alum and as a, a Panthers fan.
1: Yeah. No apologies. See, it, and uh, for a lot of people who don't know, I mean, FIU's program is really young. I think it started in 2002. Very right? young.
3: Yeah. Uh, early 2000s. 2002 is probably right.
1: Yeah. But
2: um, yeah, I could probably spend a whole day. Oh, and that image, that shot right there. Um, he he gets interceptions too. Like he, which is amazing. It's like it doesn't matter to him. He, he does everything. Yeah, he plays he plays football is what he does.
3: He does
0: yeah. You he, watch a
3: game with UCF. I you know I watched a couple of uh, UCF games this past season, and he always stands out on defense because he's just flying to the mm-hmm. ball. Every single play, he's there. He's in the mix. You know, he's got, you
2: know, he's got great instincts and and he's got a great motor. Exactly. And you know, that's. I'll I'll wrap it up here since I could probably talk for hours about (laughs) Shane. Yeah. Um, but I guess I'll end it on. In spite of the fact that he has just one hand, he is gonna be just an awesome player in the league. Um, I, I really hope that he gets to play with uh, Seattle in spite of this, even though I'm a Jags fan. But uh, uh, it would be cool to see him and his brother play together again uh, as they have their entire careers.
1: For sure. And who's getting arrested?
3: <laughs> that, that was me for harassing the woodpecker. Oh, the okay. Area. Yeah. See, I, I told you guys, you know, before we went on the air, it was going to happen, and here we go.
1: <laughs> are, are 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 we getting swatted? Are we getting swatted? yeah,
3: they're joining the tear gas now
1: <laughs> <laughs> dude man I can't believe people do that that's insane swatting. They do it to little kids like ten year old kids who are like playing minecraft on youtube it's or yeah, it. just not
3: right it's it needs whatever the penalty is, they need to like triple it because that is so dangerous and people need to understand just how dangerous a guy has
1: already died for it no
3: yeah guy got you know opened his door and he got shot had no idea what was going on and he
1: got shot for it
3: something that he wasn't even involved in and there's some bystanders so yeah you know it's a terrible terrible thing
1: yeah so um all right so so that was thank you frijoles for the uh for the whole synopsis on, on Shaquem Griffin, you, you, you basically told him from his, from birth to now, uh, about his, yeah, it's like I said, I could talk for
2: hours about him because, you know, I followed him from day one, pretty much when we were recruiting him. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's just an awesome guy. Uh, as awesome as he is on the field, he's even better person. So I'm, I'm, be lucky that I was
1: able to contain it. It's only a few minutes.
0: <laughs>
1: okay, so that was uh, that was Shaquem Griffin, and I, so now we're gonna go to my my first topic. Um, it's a topic that's near and dear to my heart, as these guys have known from my absolutely rabid following of the Panthers while we were in law school. Um, as I was, look at
2: the guy's logo on the on the screen right now. Yeah, my my, my
1: own personal logo is basically a panther. I'm not a cat guy. I've never owned a cat, okay, but <laughs> my community college were the Panthers, and I went to law school, FIU's the Panthers, and my favorite hockey team is the Panthers, so I guess it's my, my spirit animal in a sense, <laughs> um, so that's that's the, the Panther, so um, I just want to start out, the Pan- okay, the Florida Panthers, the last three seasons ago, the 2015-16 season, they were awesome, like absolutely awesome! Like they won their Atlantic division. Uh, they were on top of the world. Uh, Troschek got tripped during the playoffs, and it screwed us over against the New York Islanders. But you know what? All right, fine. You know what? The refs screwed us that season. We'll we'll come back. We'll come back stronger the next season. We'll go for the cup. We'll we'll, we'll add a couple pieces, and we're good to go. Well, uh, thanks to analytics, the computers, wh- whatever you call it, and the, the machines, Terminators, decided to uh, gut the Panthers in some sense, trading away a lot, of their, um, a lot of their non-analytically friendly players, and I get why they traded them. I, I understood why, but maybe the Panthers went a little overboard with the whole analytics thing because there's a thing that you can't measure, and that's the intangibles, chemistry, um, just bringing heart and soul to your team, uh, just like uh, what Douglas and Jarvis Landry, it's hard to quantify that, or or even with Shaquem Griffin, you know, it's hard to quantify that sort of that spirit where you kind of overcome other odds, or you stick up for your teammates, or you just are the face of the franchise, or or you're just a good person that the fans can connect with. So the Panthers got rid of a lot of old Panthers, and. They fired their coach the next season, like two months in. And then the whole thing fell apart completely. The analytics didn't work, and the team missed the playoffs. Uh, I think they were one point under 500, And things looked very dire. So Dale Talon, the guy who kind of constructed that 2015-16 team uh, out of draft picks and signings and all that, he took back the reins uh, after the Panthers admitted they made a mistake, he basically got rid of anybody who could get, he could get rid of that was a friend with the computers, like Jonathan Marshisau and Riley Smith. And unfortunately, uh, and this will be roll off into uh Dan Friolis's uh third topic, the Vegas Golden Knights took Marshish and Smith and turned them into gold. <laughs> mm-hmm. But Uh, I digress with that. We'll talk about that later. (laughs) But the Panthers this season, they were starting off, they were kind of so-so, but then things started getting bad. They had a lot of long losing streaks of three, four, five games. And I'm one of those fans, maybe because of my affinity with the Dolphins and the Marlins, (laughs) I'm like tank city as soon as I can. Like if we can (laughs) tank, I'm like, you know what, let's just tank. Let's just. Take this, 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 just take this, uh, this thing and just run it down into Biscayne Bay. You All right, let's just have it sink, make it into a coral reef, and just take the, the crap out of it. And I was, I was. You were,
3: I, you were about to be the tank commander. Oh yeah.
1: D- oh seriously, I was, I was leading the brigade, but <laughs> the Panthers kind of started finding their footing after. Maybe New Year's. They were starting to find their footing. They were rolling off some wins. They had they had a nice long winning streak during the the holidays, uh, but it wasn't until the All Star break where things, for some reason, and I have no idea how, things just clicked. Everything clicked. Their power play started clicking. Uh, Alexander Barkov has now become one of the top ten, fifteen players in the league. He is that good. He could like he's. He should be getting MVP uh, conversation, MVP, MVP votes, heart Trophy votes this season because of how much he's, he's – I think he finally realizes how good he is, and that's what's going on with, with him leading that stuff. Vincent Trocek is the heart and soul of the team, and honestly, I'm so glad that Dale Talent signed all these young core guys because it looks really good for the future right now. The Panthers have rolled off 8 straight home victories. They've got 9 they've got a 9 game point streak and they were able to claw themselves out of this hole. They were able to briefly get a playoff spot for a few hours before the Jackets won, the Columbus Blue Jackets, but they are now in the thick of the wild card race and they could take either the first or the second wild card by the end of the season, which is mm-hmm crazy that it's, it's actually happening
3: nobody would have thought this you know in, in December
1: no no I, I was I had no idea and I covered some of the games in December like towards the end I was like okay they're starting to look a little better maybe they can maybe they can finish 500 that was all I wanted like maybe they could finish 500 it'll be good you know then it's that'll be enough momentum to try and push for the playoffs the next season but no 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 they are doing it this season And last night they had another victory, this time against New York Rangers. And I'm loving this homestand because they're facing all of the most annoying franchises in the the NHL, and they're beating them at this point. They beat the New York Rangers. They beat the Toronto Maple Leafs. They beat the Montreal Canadiens. And they beat the Philadelphia Flyers. And they beat the Pittsburgh Penguins. So these are all some of the most annoying fan bases in, in all of North American sports. And the Panthers are just rattling off. Victory after victory, and making these people go home very sad, because uh, <laughs> nothing sweeter than that. Yeah, um, no, nothing, animals. nothing sweeter than that. And, uh, South,
3: and South Florida loves the tears of other cities.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, no, no, it's it's um, and I'm I'm just so so happy. I'm like, I'm elated. Like I've I've readily admitted, um, since uh, since this streak has happened, that the Panthers have made me eat crow. Or, or woodpecker, whatever you call it. Um.
3: <laughs> it's it's it must be a soft Florida thing because as 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 you guys know, last year the Heat in the first half of the NBA season were the worst team. Like like lottery pick, top three pick, bad. Like I remember in the first half of last season, I was looking up scouting reports on Lonzo Ball and. And Markel Fultz, I was watching as many Kentucky games as I could last year. (laughs) I I knew so much about Kentucky basketball last year just because I watched every single Kentucky Wildcats uh, college basketball game on TV just to (laughs) see Malik Monk and De'Aaron Fox and and Bam Adebayo, uh, the latter of which we did eventually draft.
1: Yeah, um, and Bam turned out really well.
3: Robin?
1: Bam turned out really well.
3: Oh, yeah, he is tough. He's only going to get better. The the, the sky's the limit for that guy. But, you know, so in the first half of the season, that's pretty much what, what, you know, I I came to grips with and I had accepted. And then in the second half of the season, the NBA season last year, the Heat were a completely different basketball team. They were the best basketball team in the second half of the NBA last year. Eh, They beat eh. Cleveland I don't know how many times. When, when Cleveland was actually good, unlike this year, where they're not that good. And, and like you, the Warriors, Yeah, exactly. all the best teams last year in the second half. And unfortunately, we came up just short in the end. We just barely missed the playoffs. So hopefully the Panthers uh, don't have the same fate, but it's, it's, it's astonishing what, what these two teams have accomplished over the past couple of years. And it, it's it, great to see the Panthers
1: continue it, that trend. And it, it's a it's a South Florida thing. Like the Dolphins actually made the playoffs when we were all writing them off as okay. Let's think about the draft. Let's tank, and they made mm-hmm. the playoffs. The Heat were just short. Uh, I think a tiebreaker short of uh, of making the playoffs last season after just rising from the dead. And the Panthers are doing it this season. So it's so maybe next season it'll be the Marlins. <laughs> yeah, well, so
3: I, I was just going to say, you know what that means for the Marlins this season? Yeah. That means World Series.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, the yeah, the, series. yeah, the Marlins make yeah. the playoffs and they win the World Series. That's the thing.
3: Yeah, that is, so, that's the Marlins thing. They make the wild card. They don't win the division. They make the wild card and then they win the World Series. We're two for two batting 100 on that. So we're good.
1: Yeah. You know, 100%. And so I've got the highlights being played right now from last night's game against the New York Rangers. Um, I wrote up the recap on letterboxcats.com. Uh, you can see the link on on the page and it's, it's in the description as well uh, and th- these are, this, the game was great. I mean, all of these games, the Panthers, they've either been spaking teams or they've been they've been gutting the games out and finding a way to get that extra goal to 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 those put are, these teams are... away.
3: Those are the types of wins that that push you over the edge and, yeah. and get you to the playoffs. And, and those this wins, those gritty wins.
1: This is this game was one of the. This was a trap game because the New York Rangers are like ten points out of a playoff spot. There's only thirteen games left to play for them, so they're kind okay. of going to be rolling into getting ready for the off season. Uh, but the Panthers could have come out flat. They could have come out or, or just let the New York Rangers because a lot they. Have a ton of fans that went to the game last night. They could have let them come in and take a victory at home, but the game was 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 w- like you're looking at the highlights right now, just exciting. Luongo, uh, I think he kept this game from from the New York Rangers from winning. Like right here, well that one just the deflection was just so close. <laughs> but finally the shootout came at the end of the night. Uh, Matt Succarello here. You're gonna see he's gonna. Put a little zigzag on Luongo and fool him right here, which is that was a nice move. Okay, I gotta oh, yeah. give it to Zook. Uh, that was uh, he just fooled him right there. Uh, he broke his ankles, but here's Alexander Barkov, the the omnipotent, the, the god of the Florida Panthers at this point. Okay, he, <laughs> we should be resurrecting, we should be erecting shrines to this guy. Okay, this guy's gonna have a statue outside the BB&T Center by when it's when it's all said and done. Um, and then here's Luongo.
3: Uh, <laughs> it's it's amazing because Barkov is still so young.
1: Oh no, he is. Uh, let me see. He's uh Barkov. He is.
3: Twenty one, maybe.
1: He's twenty two years old. Twenty two. Right now, okay. And the Panthers signed him to a long-term deal, so we're gonna get him in his like. This isn't his prime. That's yeah. How crazy it's, it's gonna just, be.
3: It's just the beginning of 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 what he will become in this league and, and what he will become for the Panthers.
1: Yeah, it's and as a
3: Panthers fan,
1: and there's Vincent Trocek with the walk off right there. Um, <laughs> it, yeah, they they, they do set they
3: a new. Do I don't know, like in hockey, do they do they flip the uh, hockey the hockey stick like in baseball you flip the the bat after a walk off <laughs> or that's, that's just a well thing.
1: you know in baseball they kind of. Uh, They they in baseball they'll you know the pitcher will throw at your head if you the next time but in hockey they'll grab you and they'll beat the crap out of you. (laughs) Okay. You know. So in hockey they
3: actually they actually back it up.
1: Yeah. So I mean just look at the ages of these Panthers players. Vichit Trocek is twenty four years old. Okay. Like, and we've got him going into his prime. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Barkov is. 22. Jonathan Huberto is 24, and we got him going to his prime as well. Like all of these guys are gonna be, like if I'm we, glad, you know, he's he's uh, yeah. It's I, I
3: I don't know if he's having if he's having the year we expected him to have this year in terms of development, but he's another promising young player.
1: He's only 22, and he's um he's pro he, he's a defenseman. Defensemen take a little longer to develop. Their their skills yeah. in hockey, but uh, I think he he's he's finally finding his identity, and I think he's doing well. I, a lot of Panthers fans kind of jump on him because he was a number one draft pick, but he won the Rookie of the Year already. He's already made two All Star teams. Uh, I'm gonna. Ease off on him. He, he's going to be good. Yeah. He's gonna be
2: everybody,
3: real good. everybody has, you know, a, a slump year. So. so.
1: So. yeah, that's the. I could like just like Andrew can talk forever about Shaquille Griffin. I can talk forever about the Panthers. So I'm going to cut myself <laughs> off here. They're doing great, and I'm really happy about it. And so we're okay. going to move on to Doug's next topic, which is the other playoff race going on in South Florida, yes. and that's the, yes. the 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 resurgent Miami Heat since, uh, you know, our, our omnipotent god, Dwayne Wade, came the back. Return,
3: the return of Father Prime.
1: Yes. So uh, la- uh, they played last night, right?
3: Yeah, played last night, and they absolutely demolished the Wizards, which is huge because 129-02. the Wizards one 9 12-9-102. Yeah. It, was, it, it wasn't close the entire game. And it's huge because the Wizards are one of the teams – in that uh, three to eight seed range. Yeah. they're leading the Southeast Division. Exactly. So we're hey, Washington. We're we're coming for that division title. Enjoy you know enjoy your lead while it lasts because it's yeah. not going to last very long. Um, but no, it was amazing. The Heat were just playing so good. They were shooting incredibly well yesterday, from the three point line. Uh, uh you know, just just in general, they were they were shooting amazing. Um, you know, they were they were playing amped up, man. It was a little scary yesterday. Uh, Wade went to the locker room, and then Winslow had to go to the locker room right at the end of the game. Um, Wade, I think, has a mildly pulled hamstring, so he may not—he's not, not going to play against Portland in the next game against Portland. Uh, but hopefully, he's not out too long. The issue of hamstring injuries is that is that they're nagging injuries. Yeah. Sometimes they just never really feel right; they never really go away. So hopefully, it's it's not that. Hopefully, uh, luckily, a couple of days
1: luckily Get he's with water. the Miami Heat, yeah, one, one of the best medical
3: staff. Um, training staff in yeah. the NBA, and, and medical mm-hmm. staff in the NBA. So he's in good hands. And with Winslow, I think Spo, uh, Coach Spolstra said that he bumped knees yesterday, so he, it looks like he's fine as well. But those are moments as a Heat fan where you hold your breath and you realize how fragile this playoff run is. Like, we're playing great now, but as soon as we lose players, then you start to get a little worried. And Whiteside didn't play yesterday either. He had uh, some type of hip injury. Mm. So um, hopefully everybody just just keeps it together, stays healthy. And if they do, I think we're we're going to go five or above in terms of our seeding in the playoffs because we're, we're, we're playing amazing right now. Bringing Dwayne Wade back was critical to this resurgence. The Heat in the fourth quarter, that's where, where, you know, we were gassed. We were losing our games. You know, we had nobody that we can rely on. We didn't have the uh, veteran leadership. We didn't have the, the clutch gene in the, in the fourth quarter. And bringing Dwayne Wade back has brought that. He's brought back the veteran leadership to the locker room. He's brought back that clutch gene. You know, he's a guy when there's, you know, 20, 22 seconds left on the clock and you're, you're down – you want the ball in his hands. He's gonna make yeah. something happen. Oh, and yeah. even if he even if he misses it that game, you're gonna give a same situation in the next game, you're gonna give the ball back to him. He's a guy that you keep going to. You know, we we didn't have that up until Joanne Wade returned. He's been he's been playing great. I've got the, the stats right here for his past, I don't know, five five or six games and he's honestly playing better than I expected. I was expecting maybe like eight points, nine points a game. Yeah. But he, he's been playing great. Uh, February 27th against Philly, 27 points. Lakers, 25 points. Detroit, Phoenix, 11 and 12 points. Then Washington, not last night, but uh, a couple of nights ago, 22 points.
0: Uh-huh. Philly,
3: again, 16 points. Yesterday he had eight points, but he had that injury where he had to leave the game early. So he's producing in a big way that we needed. Deion Waders was supposed to be our fourth quarter clutch gene guy, but he went down early in the season, and you know that's that's what we were missing. So yeah, it's great to have Wade back. It's, it's almost like old times again. Uh, it's it, every Heat fan. This is a you know it's a dream.
2: Yeah, I'll be honest. I I haven't seen these many uh, Heat jerseys around Miami since uh, Wade <laughs> came back. It was Dude. And uh,
3: brought them out
1: of the the storage closets and uh, dusted off the dust by, It's way County again. Yeah. Way County again. And, and the the Miami Vice um uniforms that they've been wearing since well since they debuted, it. I think they became more mm-hmm. popular than than what they expected. I mean, oh, yeah. I, I I hadn't bought one because I was I was holding off on buying one because I have like a rule for for buying sports jerseys with like players' names on it.
0: I either buy them blank
1: or if I get a player. That player has to be like, like a Hall of Famer, or right. had had his number retired, or won a championship with the team, or it's just like one of the team's all time greats. So, for the Heat, the only person that that qualified before Wade was traded back was Udonis Haslem, and I love Ud, but I don't think many people have a jersey of his. Uh, but I would have bought, I was gonna buy a Udonis Vice jersey when I when I could. Um, yeah. But then Dwayne Wade got traded there and I was like, Oh yeah, I gotta I gotta buy myself that. I haven't bought it yet, but they are on back order until like June. That's crazy. Wow. It's worse than an iPhone. Is...
3: Yeah, no, that's that's crazy. And their their sales have shot up. I don't know what the percentages it was but like sales shot up.
1: It was like I I don't know, like a thousand percent or something like that.
3: Yeah, it was it was insane, insane. Uh, I'm sending a picture now to the little group chat,
0: but basically
3: it's 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 like 2006 all over again, except we got really fly jerseys this time. Wade's <laughs> a sinking game winners. It's it's amazing. It's yeah, a, it's a good time to be a Heat fan.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna actually I'm gonna post that right now. What you just sent me, so people can see the legend of Dwayne Wade once more. Exactly. There it is. You know,
3: that that picture right there is exactly what Dwayne Wade brings. Taking the tough shot in the fourth quarter to win a huge game. Beating the 76ers was huge because, you know, they're one of the other teams we're chasing. And then we beat the, you know, we beat the Wizards. So it's, it's, it's a good
2: run we're having right now.
3: And, and none, I just of this want is, none of this is possible if we don't get Wade back.
2: And I just want to add something in there really quick. Some pe- To people who think that we're just kind of making this up and, you know, oh, we're just doing this for show, I'm not sure if anyone thinks that, but these are legitimately discussions that we've had in the past. Like uh, the three of us went to a Panthers hockey game uh, about a month ago. Actually, it was the, the day of Wade's first game back, and this was pretty much all we were talking about it was this, uh, what kind of jerseys. Uh, FJOJR would get. So this is basically we're taking our internal discussions between us out onto the internet.
1: Yeah. And uh, I mean, yeah, this is just, uh, that was kind of the impetus for making this. I I just want to do this for fun. Um, I just uh, wanted to have uh, an outlet to do this. I've always wanted to do a podcast like this for a while. And so I'm just – I'm glad I got a couple of my friends to uh, join me and not have me ramble on like a uh, madman like I usually do on my, my gaming live streams. Um, but, yeah, these are the highlights when the Heat game. This is when the Heat are just, like, busting the game open uh, against the Wizards. Uh, but, yeah, they, they absolutely destroyed them last night, which is great. Yeah. It's great to see because the Heat have been kind of – they've had games where they've been on and off. They've lost to, like, the Brooklyn Nets of all teams. A few times already, and like blown out completely by them. But now that Dwayne Wade's here, I think the momentum is shifting, and and they're 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 gonna they're gonna be all right. I think they're gonna be all right. I think they they won't fall out of the eighth seed at the very least, because the Pistons are no. terrible and the Hornets are yeah. terrible.
3: Who? So we've got the Pistons chasing us. Let me let me just pull up the uh the playoff race real quick to see to see uh, who we're contending with. They're but not even it.
2: close, though. They're five and a half games behind.
1: Yeah, and, and there's not many games left. And, that, and
3: are they in the ninth seed right now?
1: Yes.
2: Okay,
3: yeah. So we, at the very least, then, we've, we've locked up the eighth seed, but I do think we do move, move up a few spots before the regular season ends. We're just, we're just playing too good right now.
1: And, and, and,
3: then, and one more thing I, I, I want to mention is the emergence of, of our, our young players, you know, the future generation and Josh Richardson and Justice Winslow. And, Richardson, bam. I, you know, I, I think we could expect because we've seen this type of productivity in spurts from Richardson before in previous seasons. He's a guy that just, you know, he brings the energy and, you know, he, he's able to do everything. He's, he's able to shoot the ball. He's able to take it to the rim. He's able to make the passes, plays great lockdown defense. My only knock on Richardson is the, is the mental mistakes for turnovers or, you know, inopportune fouls, bad timing on fouls, which he still has to work on. But he's showing tremendous growth. And I'm even more impressed with Justice Winslow because to come back from injury, um, to come back when everyone says you're not a shooter, that you're, you're you know, he's basically going to be the next Michael K. Gilchrist, you know, a guy that plays great uh, yeah. defense but cannot shoot the ball. For him to come back from injury and prove everybody wrong, he is shooting so good right now. He is shooting so efficiently from everywhere, but especially the three-point line that I don't think anyone could have foreseen this, and it's it's really exciting to see how much more he can develop now. Now that he's shown that he has a shot, you know, he's he's another guy where, the, where I think the sky's the limit. I'm not going to go out there and say he's going to be the next Kawhi Leonard like you have some Heat fans, you know, have said in the past, but I do think he's going to be a very good player in this league for many years to come. Okay. So, uh, and well, of course, I, again, again, like, you know, I could I could talk about the heat forever, but, uh, you know, we have, we have a couple of more things we need to cover.
1: Yeah. We're going to
3: talk
2: about each of these topics forever.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
1: we're, we're, we're at the one hour mark almost. So, and I knew this, this is going to be long. So, so, you know, like the sports talk radio shows, those guys have like four hours that they're talking about this stuff. So, uh, this one's going to be. Not four hours, obviously, but we're almost halfway through our, our topics. So let's, uh, and, and Doug, by the way, imagine if we got Cleveland in the first round. If what? We got Cleveland in the first round.
3: Oh, man. Dude, I, I want Cleveland. I Give me the cards. We want Cleveland. Because okay. I think we can beat Cleveland. Nice. Some people may think I'm crazy, but that's that type of irrational confidence of a Heat fan that that gives fuel to the fire right there. You know, I want Cleveland, I want it'll just be so sweet to play the Cavs and beat LeBron. You know, being a team of, you know, old thirty six year old superstar and Dwayne Wade. Um, and then uh friend, I love Goran Dragic but he's not an all star player. I love that he made it, it was a great gesture by LeBron. To uh, pick Dragic to replace, I think Kevin Love who got injured, but um, you know he didn't he didn't really have the numbers for it. So really it's Dwayne Wade, Goran white Whiteside, and then a bunch of potential. You know it's not you know we're not the Houston Rockets, we're not the Golden State Warriors, we're not the Cavs when they were good. You know when they actually had Kyrie and Kevin Love. So uh, I, I want Cleveland, man. We got the grit I think to to tough out a series against them and and, and take the take the upset.
1: Okay. All right, so uh, that's uh, the Miami Heat talk. All right, so now we're gonna move on to we're gonna move up to Central Florida uh, once more for for Dan Friolas' take on the um, on. We're, I guess we're, we're
3: we're going all over the state of Florida today. We might as well be the Brightline train.
1: Yeah, so we're 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 gonna go up to Tampa or St. Petersburg, whatever you wanna call it. Um, I'll talk about the the Rays proposed new stadium uh once more. I hope it's not like with the David Beckham thing where he has a stadium he doesn't have a stadium down here in Miami. Just build the fricking thing or move – i don't know have a soccer team or not, not have it at all so uh all right andrew you got the you got the floor
2: all right well this one this one is gonna be a pretty quick topic because like you said, it's just all proposed and stuff but Basically, the the Tampa Bay Rays, they play in a warehouse right now that is Tropicana Field. Uh, I've been there many times, and I used to think it was fantastic because that had been the only MLB field I had been to. But then I went to Turner Field. uh, May it kind of sort of rest in peace. (laughs)
1: Um,
2: They're converting it to a football stadium now. Already done. Nice. The... uh, Georgia State Panthers again with the Panthers.
3: Yeah. Um, hey, every everybody
1: loves being a Panther, man. What can uh, you and, and Black Panther is yeah, destroying box office records right now. <laughs> <laughs> so
2: yeah, after that, I realized that it's, no offense to Tropicana Field, considering that it's was designed for hockey, but it is not a good baseball venue. hmm Nope. Um. So the Rays have kind of put uh, specifically St. Petersburg, because that's that's where the field is right now, into kind of a, in a pickle. Uh, it's either give us the money to build the stadium, or we're going to move. Um, so there have been pitches coming in from St. Petersburg and other areas in the Tampa Bay area. Um but they've determined the rays have that their preferred site is going to be somewhere uh, in something called Ebor City,
1: um, which is and
3: isn't that like a trendy part of town? From I haven't been, but I've, I've heard about it.
1: It is. Oh, well, um, we've been to Tampa. We've, we've been to Tampa, Dougie.
3: <laughs> yeah, but we were so depressed after after our last day of taking the barge, van that we we decided just. To, call it a day and not yeah. explore <laughs> I, I just wanted to get out of Tampa no offense to, to, to Tampa people but mm. the bar exam tainted my view
2: of Tampa but oh. I'm sure it's a police city yeah it's all right, right. <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> um I know it more for the traffic to be honest oh boy but um but Evor City it's it's kind of like the cigar, the cigar capital of the United States. A lot of Cuban immigrants
3: uh,
2: moved there in the early 1900s, and uh, cigar factories popped up. So that's where, that's where it kind of got its trendiness, if you will. Um, but basically, more or less, the Rays are going to try and move over there, uh, which I think is stupid because they have a perfectly good site right in st petersburg um i'll see if i can pull up the site map but yeah
1: uh, i've got the uh yeah you can send it over i can show it but i've got uh i guess a local news uh story about the bray's proposed move to ybor city yeah let me see if i can pull that up could cost 700 million dollars to build Well, hopefully you guys don't get screwed over like we did. Yeah, exactly. And that
2: that actually costs more than (laughs) the Marlins' team only costs five fifty. It's just with the interest. Yeah,
3: we took terrible bonds, stadium, Mm -hmm. and it's it's going to be like one
2: point, I don't know, two billion
3: or more at the end of the day.
2: It's it was not a good deal.
3: No, not at all. So I hope. For your sake, the Rays or the city of Tampa is smarter, and don't bend over like the city of Miami did.
0: <laughs> um, I, I have a feeling it,
1: they'll, they'll do it right. That they'll do it right? Yeah. yeah. The,
3: That's the thing. I feel like the Marlins served as the example. You know when you go to seminars and they say, "This is this is Joe. This is what Joe has become. He was in your shoes, but he followed all the bad influences. Yeah. Don't be like Joe.
1: As exactly. That
3: picture of Joe, that's the Marlins and their stadium. Don't be like the Marlins and new stadium. Don't repeat Miami's mistake. Mistake.
2: Don't be Miami. Uh, I'm, I'm sending over right now a picture of the, the, the proposed location,
1: okay. not
2: the proposed stadium because that's all kind of still up in the air. But um, it's, it strikes me as an odd location because it is literally, and I mean literally, right next to the highway.
1: Well, I guess they, they would well, want it to be. It's good for
2: transportation. Exactly. All right, let me see this. Okay. Uh, it strikes me as weird because… Is there
3: any uh, type of public transportation in the area? Maybe. I don't I I know I, I know I know there's like some type of street car that Tampa has that I, I think goes to that area. I don't know if it stops by the stadium, but that would be useful.
1: Yeah, there's there's the uh there's the proposal for what it would look like. I mean, it's
3: not too dissimilar. Turner Field was right next to I-75 in Atlanta. That's true. Driving yeah,
0: driving
3: by driving I've driven to Atlanta many times and always passed Turner Field, so, I mean, it, it's, it's good for transportation purposes. Maybe they could do something like uh, BB&T Center has done for, in the City of Sunrise for the Florida Panthers, where you're on the Sawgrass Expressway, and the exit
2: literally takes you right to the stadium. I would hope so, because, you know, it strikes me as weird, you know, you're watching a video game, and then meanwhile, you're and traffic going by, it kind of ruins the ambiance. Yeah. yeah, but, I mean, they're, they're going to have the outfield facing
3: away from the highway, it looks like. So you're not – that's that's yeah. going to be the view. And yeah. I'm sure the the
1: game, music, and all that stuff, you probably won't be hearing.
3: Yeah, I mean, there's, there's people that live next to highways. They have houses right next to highways, so mm-hmm. – a uh, baseball stadium—it's gonna be so loud anyway between the music and and the fans and the game that it, I don't think it would be an issue. With fans? Well, if they show up,
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's the biggest.
2: Yeah, that's I—I I feel like I can poke fun at the Rays because they're my team, but oh goodness. <laughs> but I yeah, that's—I mean, I'm sure I'll update this more. Is that? Is cool. that
3: just like a generic placeholder stadium, or is that the actual design of the stadium?
2: It's just a generic placeholder.
3: Okay.
2: okay. Yeah. There's like tons
3: of designs. That's, that's of a, a massive center field.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think that's actually – I'm 90% sure that's Comerica Park up in Detroit. Okay. Just based on how that outfield looks. Yeah.
3: But I mean, it's it's a good location. What so what what's the deal with the stadium? Is it is it going to come down to voter referendum? Who's going to be financing it? Uh, You know, they seem like they've picked a location, but what are
2: you know? I I don't know anything about the situation up there. Um, it's basically just comes down to the city. They've already um. They've already. The city has already shown support for this because they've made public pitches to the Rays to get the stadium. Right. Um, and pretty much, it, I think it's just going to be negotiating. You know, how much will the city pay? Um, how much will everyone else pay? Uh, I think it's it's really early on, though. The only definite thing that's come out of it is that the Rays want to go to Ybor City. Right. Like I'm, um let me post something really quick uh to show you how in on this they are. I out. know uh, a couple of years ago they had
3: some really, really nice plans that fell I think I believe fell through, but right by the water, right by the bay. Yeah, uh, I was
2: really sad when that fell through
3: the Stadium. I know it was just a proposal, but the stadium design was
1: yeah. Gorgeous. That's actually in the thumbnail for the background right there, where it says race stadium. That that oh, okay. that, that last proposal is what I have there on the background.
3: Yeah, it was absolutely a gorgeous idea. It's it's a, it's a shame that it fell through. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and
2: the retractable roof of it was unique because it wasn't like the uh Marvin. wasn't like the typical, it goes over the whole thing. It was a sail design. So mm-hmm. it would start out as like a straight line, and then it would unfold its way around. Nice, nice.
1: Yeah, there it is.
3: Yeah, it was a beautiful design. But I'm sure whatever they do in Ebor in City will, will be just as impressive.
2: Yeah. Know, a... and I know that looks weird, but Ebor City is city. Is Y B
1: O R, so it actually does make sense. And yeah, that was the old design. That yeah would have been awesome. Wow, that is that is amazing.
3: That is an amazing looking stadium right there.
1: Yeah, yeah
3: that's that's the old
2: one. That's the old right. one.
3: Right, right, right. So, the the one that the previous proposal by the bay.
2: I really wish they could have done that, but oh well.
3: Yeah. Hey, you got you got, but at least it's good news. You guys are are working on a, you know, looks like a good potential situation here for the future of the Rays because mm-hmm. I know the the stadium has always been a contention point over the years. Is that you know the chop is too old, no one wants to go there, blah blah blah. So um, you know, hopefully this is a sign of a turnaround for the Rays franchise. It didn't I work hope. for the Marlins, but hopefully it works for the
1: Rays. I hope so. Okay. So yeah, that's uh. I, I, yeah, I'm hoping. I, I always joke, like, oh, they're going to move the team to Montreal, and there'll be the new Expos. I, but I, I don't really wish that upon Tampa, okay, just because they have a the, – the Tampa Convention Center is a, is a horrible place. It doesn't mean that they should lose their baseball team, you know? <laughs> uh, so – Oh, uh, and
2: for those that don't know, the Tampa Convention Center is where the bar exam is, is administered, so – Yeah.
1: It's they the don't place. have
2: very kind memories of the place.
1: It's the a place Apple
3: where – The Center is where thousands of souls go every year to die.
1: Exactly. I was about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that that's uh, the Rays. Thank you, Dan Frijoles, for the uh, the Rays uh, synopsis of their stadium situation. So hopefully uh, – and uh, yeah, passed by Ybor City. It looks like a nice place. It would probably be a sweet spot for the ballpark too. Um okay so i guess we're going to move to my second topic which is the 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 dumpster fire that we all know and love as the Miami Marlins. Uh mm. <laughs> uh this is a different type of dumpster fire compared to the Dolphins. Whereas the Dolphins have you, okay you got to give credit to the Dolphins they at least try, you know. They're just terrible, but they at least try, you know. They they don't want to be terrible, but they just are. Mm. The Marlins, uh, uh, for the last, oh, God, finally, De- Jeffrey Loria has gone. And you know, we we thought that we would have uh, this brand-new ownership would give us some sort of hope. But that wasn't necessarily the case as we lost uh, essentially our entire outfield and our second <laughs> baseman who was also having a fantastic season. Uh, we lost the National League MVP, the, the crown jewel of our franchise, Giancarlo Stanton, to mm-hmm. um, the New York Yankees of all teams, which is even better. The, the, the evil empire. And stronger. Which kind of brought,
3: into up, the dark side.
1: brought up suspicions because our, uh, our was it 4% owner, Derek Jeter, who is running the franchise now, uh, was obviously the New York Yankees legend. Uh yeah. I was pissed off at him.
3: Do do you realize that he's paying himself money yearly to recoup the investment he put in to purchase the Marlins franchise? Oh
1: yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's that's all part of Like
3: how is that (laughs) not sketchy right there? All part uh,
1: of uh of the
3: uh red flags.
1: All part of the Project Wolverine, as it was called. The Marlins plan to basically gut the payroll, and ba- I was basically a hard reset of the franchise. This team is essentially an expansion franchise once more, okay? Mm-hmm. Which is, I guess, you can give some hope, like okay, we'll be good five years down the line, hopefully. Uh, but but once again, no guarantees because we have no idea if Derek Jeter has any idea what he's doing. Because if he's anything like Michael Jordan, there's not going to be much going on, or Wayne Gretzky. Both great and players, they, but failed executives. They
3: had to trade these players because they don't have money to run the team, so mm. how, how does that give us confidence that they're going to have the money in the future to build a contender, to build a winning team? I mean, they had to go into a, a lot of debt to purchase the team. Jeter tried purchasing this team for months, and investors kept dropping out, they didn't have enough money, and it was just he originally teamed I think uh, teamed up I think with Jeb Bush to purchase the team and that investor group completely fell apart and he had to assemble another investor group. Yeah. And the main money man with this group is Bruce Sherman, but um, don't hear much about him. I think he's a, a, a venture capitalist.
1: Let me see, Bruce I think, Sherman.
3: In terms of investing, but I don't know. He's not a billionaire. He's got a like.
1: He's I got know, a crazy like seventy million dollar super yacht, apparently. You know. Um,
3: That's look. Uh, one okay. Of the guys, the the guy that should have purchased the team, uh, Jorge Moss. The, the Moss brothers. A, yeah, the Moss brothers. They're, they they lead the, the Moss Tech Company, uh, mm-hmm. engineering company. They're billionaires. Like those are the guys you want to purchase yeah. senior baseball. Yeah. Yeah. The, the not,
1: if you look at the other ownerships down here, you've got uh and Carnival Cruise Lines, billionaire. Okay, you've mm-hmm. got uh, Stephen Ross. Uh, what, isn't he a real estate mogul? Uh, yeah, he's
3: a real estate developer for the related companies.
1: Yeah, so he's a billionaire, uh, gives a ton of money to his alma mater of uh University of Michigan. And, uh, mm-hmm. and you've got uh, Vinnie Viola, who is uh, uh, up in Wall Street in New York City, a billionaire. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, with a, a a fast trading company, like a rapid fire trading trading company up there in New York, so but yeah. all these guys with in absolutely deep pockets, this massively deep pockets, like like. Uh, and the fun, the
3: funny, the ironic thing is about those guys is that they purchase teams that have salary caps. Yeah. Even if they wanted to spend all the money they could, they can't. But the one sport where there is no salary cap we get we we got this group purchasing the team that yeah. doesn't have the money, so it, it pretty much sucks,
1: yeah, so uh, well, uh, I'm looking here, Bruce Sherman has a seventy million dollar super yacht, so maybe he can sell it so we can afford uh, a pitcher or two <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, I, I
3: don't think there's any chance he's selling his super yacht for uh, for you know some more players
1: okay, well, uh
3: <laughs> he, he doesn't strike me as the guy
1: we could go on about the marlins like the 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 sales, I'm sure Dan Letard. Has already beaten oh. that horse to death, and he was uh, oh, he was the Dan
3: Levitard had an amazing segment, maybe like a month or
1: against a few Rob ago. Manfred.
3: Rob Manfred MLB commercial, where he brought him on the show and asked him straight up, "Did you know that they were gonna slash payroll?" And Manfred could not answer the question, and Levitard was like a pitbull. He would not let go of the question to the point where <laughs> Manfred got so upset. It was. It was great. Radio. He complained Absolutely. to ESPN great about radio. it. Yeah. 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 So. Oh, uh, but yeah. yeah. It's true. It's true. Everybody knew. Like, the owners just basically rubber stamped the sale. They didn't care as long as the people had enough money to purchase the team. They didn't care about the plans to run the franchise. They didn't care about yeah. making the Martins a more competitive franchise. None of that mattered to them. All it mattered was, does this group have the money? They do. Great. Congratulations! Here's a baseball team. You yeah. know they weren't they weren't looking out for the fans. You know the community of Miami. They were only looking out for themselves. So that, that was really disappointing to see.
1: Um. Well, since uh, I don't want to keep beating that horse. I've, I've I'm not angry I at Derek. Be, I, I I could
3: beat that. that as horse as you can see, Doug is
1: very angry about it, but I'm not. I'm actually done with being angry at Derek Jeter. The Marlins. <laughs> you, so,
3: you, you've come to acceptance.
1: Yeah, I've I've come to accept it. Uh, something in my professional career has uh has allowed me to at least like empathize or sympathize, whatever one what, what, what of those two words. I think me and Jeter are kindred spirits now, and I hope we can <laughs> hang out one day. <laughs> I'll give him my phone so I don't have to take photos like he does with all his parties. But he's uh, he like um. But the Marlins uh. He's doing something. I I'll trust the process. Okay, I'll trust the process. Yeah, okay. man.
3: I mean I, I will give this despite of <sighs> what I just said and how I feel and how I think this new ownership group is full of it, <sighs> I will give them a chance because everybody deserves that chance to
1: prove themselves yeah. no matter who
3: you are, no matter what you believe, you deserve and, that chance.
1: And Derek so, Peter this, like um he kind of uh he, he, I mean, he, he rectified everything by, I'm going to show you guys, by doing one thing, just one thing, one thing that I've wanted for so long for the last, uh, well, since 2012 or since the end of 2011, the 2011 season, uh, something that I've been hoping and praying for every single day of my life for this Marlins franchise, and,
0: and, and I, I'm
1: absolutely ecstatic about it, so I'm, I'm about to show it to you guys right now. Okay, this is the the greatest thing to ever happen in Marlins history. More than the 2003 World Series. More than the 90, 97. Whoa, whoa, whoa. More, whoa. more than anything, the Marlins, Marlins. Uh, they, they. Oh, whoa, whoa, That is not what that's supposed to do. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Let's see. Can I copy this? I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm. I'm really excited about this. Okay, Derek Jeter brought me back just by doing this one thing. Okay, fine, Chris Creamer. He's Okay, you want me to go to your website, you can get your ad revenue. I get it. He, he
3: found he found the key to your heart.
1: Oh, he found the key to my heart. Exactly. For, for
3: some some people it's, you know, a box of crispy creams. For you it's it's this.
1: It is this, okay. It is this right here. Okay, he made the twenty fifth anniversary logo for the Mallers. This is the twenty fifth oh. anniversary season, by the way. So it's gonna be very depressing, but uh, they're going to be wearing throwback uniforms for at least one series against the Padres, and this is the their 25th anniversary logo. As you can see in the corner, there's the old, there's the current Marlins logo, and this logo has the anniversary logo has nothing to do with that look. It is the retro Marlin. It is glorious, and I'm hoping it's a sign from Derek Jeter, like a little wink, wink, nudge, nudge, like yeah, we're gonna like because I think the majestic is the current uniform uh, provider for Major League Baseball right now, but it's their last season. Next season they're going to go to Under Armour. And with a lot of these changes, um, a lot of teams want to make a lot of changes with the new company. So I'm hoping it's a a sign that the Marlins will be pushing back to this retro look or at least a, a modernized version of it or maybe a more streamlined version, not too streamlined like this one that we have now, but it'll be at least be teal, black, silver with a tiny hint of this red-orange that the Marlins currently wear. Uh, I'm hoping that, that, that that's the sign. And Derek Jeter, thank you. I love you so much. I can see why the Yankees fans love you, okay? <laughs> <laughs>
3: He just needed to bring the teal back, and you and that's it, man. That the was it. That's key, all I needed. Teal is the key to your heart. Now you know. If you want to get to your
1: heart, just – Dude, I was so peel, obsessed with yeah. the Marlins when I was a kid. My room was teal. My room was, teal. My room was painted teal. <laughs> that shade of that's teal. That's amazing. Yeah, that's that like That is amazing. That is how much I, I love the Marlins so that, much.
3: That's what I feel like that's what a majority of Marlins fans, they have an emotional connection. It sounds mm-hmm. silly to say it, but they have an emotional connection to that color. So I, many memories. I, like, I, honestly,
1: off, honestly like, I think most of Miami loves the Marlins. It's just that they haven't given us much to love. back They haven't loved us back enough.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah,
2: and I don't think it's silly, Doug. I think, I mean look at the Marlins or the Dolphins have been here since what, the 60s, 70s maybe? 66, there you go. Um, they've always been teal and then you get the the teal of the Marlins coming in so when they lose that it's, it's it kind of breaks your heart a little bit.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so um, and finally, uh, I guess we're gonna wrap up the Marlins talk. Just to, they're they're currently in spring training. They're actually in in the Grapefruit League. They are tied for the uh, I think second place with the Houston Astros with a nine and five record. So they're not doing too shabby during spring training. But uh, once again, take it with a massive amount of salt. Okay. A massive amount of salt. Just like a truckload of salt. Just like a, a okay. Enough to fill Marlins Park actually. That okay. because you know this is just spring training, and they have so many young players that are fighting for jobs. So they're going to be impressive. They're going to look good. They're going to put their best foot forward. But maybe come once the, the real games start, and the Marlins, I think they open against the Cubs this season, uh, which is going to be a nightmare. <laughs> um, you know
2: who's, you know who's going to like that game,
1: that series, though? Uh, Professor Wasserman? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he was a, a law school professor of ours who actually wrote a lo- made a law review article based on the infield fly rule in baseball. So uh,
2: yeah, and he's a he's a diehard uh, Cubs fan. I was taking a class with him in 2015 when the Cubs almost made it to the World Series, yeah, lost. Uh, and he was just distraught. you he, he could not he was inconsolable for the next couple of days.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, he finally was redeemed cool. the next season. Um, yeah, but... and, and finally, uh, just uh, for the positivity, the positive Marlin's talk because we don 't hear much of it down here. Uh, Lewis Brinson, okay, Lewis frickin Brinson, all right, the hometown kid from Coral Springs. This guy, is, he's probably the only guy who wanted to go to the Miami Marlins. Out of all these trades that uh, we got him from the Milwaukee Brewers for Christian Yelich, and he grew up. Uh, he wears number nine because his favorite player growing up was Juan Pierre. Okay, he plays center mm. field just like Juan Pierre. He would watch the baseball games from, from Hard Rock back when it was Pro Player Stadium. Okay, uh, watching sitting out there in center field out there in center field watching Juan Pierre just not not even watching the game just watching JP doing his thing and, and I love Juan Pierre okay I love the entire 2003 Marlins team that that was if you know we we had them for at least three seasons before it was all broken up so we had something at least they had three winning seasons <laughs> but Louis Brinson man he is um I'm just really excited about him he's He's probably going to be really good. He's always one. He's already one of the top outfield prospects in baseball, and his enthusiasm. You can't. There's not. I'm hoping Derek Jeter doesn't put a value to it, because I know they are very strapped for money, but you got to keep this kid, okay? He is one of the very, very few players from down here that actually wanted to come back. You know, there's there's a lot of players from South Florida who play for other teams like Gio Gonzalez and stuff that I'm sure if the Marlins had the money, they could have enticed them to come back home, you know, but Louis Brinson is here and he's, uh, if there's any hope for the Marlins, it's this kid right here. And I'm, I'm really, I I really hope he has a great season and maybe can make the team and maybe be a rep in the all-star game, whatever. Just, I just want him to be really good. So that's no, yeah. It's like, you know, it's a,
3: if we can have a hometown kid become a superstar, no pressure, Louis Brinson, that would be, you know, that, that would be huge to the community. But even if he's just, you know, a, a good, hard-nosed hustle player, you know, he's going to have fans just because he's a local kid and, you know, we're going to support him. So
1: very excited
3: to have Lewis Brinson on this team.
1: All right. So, Lau, uh, so we're going to move from, once again, the dumpster fire that is the Marlins to the dumpster fire that is the Dolphins. Uh, <laughs> so Doug, you've got some got ideas for the draft.
3: I've got a proposal on how to turn the franchise around. Oh, how and many points year. are there? Are there
1: like a hundred points? So I, I'm sure there's a lot of points to it. <laughs> uh,
3: it's 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 very simple. The heartbeat of every single team, the 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 thing that makes every single team tick, you know. Aside from a team's defense as the quarterback, mm. you know, that defines a lot of franchises. Mm. You've had a couple of, um, you know, outlier teams win Super Bowls with, with irrelevant quarterbacks. Yeah, like Trent the Dilfer State has Trent a... Dilfer. <laughs> yeah, Brad Johnson. So that's those, those are the outlier cases. Most of the time, you've got a, a real leader at the position. And I like Ryan Tannehill, I think he's a good quarterback, but. I don't know if he's the quarterback that takes us to the next level. Um, So I do think in the upcoming draft, the Dolphins should target a quarterback. We're lucky that this year you've got a lot of good quarterbacks at the top. You've got Josh Rosen, you've got Sam Darnold, you've got Josh Allen, you've got Baker Mayfield, and you've Mm -hmm. got Lamar Jackson. Mm -hmm. Those are five great quarterbacks, I think, right
1: there. Which one would you take out of all
3: of those? No question about it. Give me Baker Mayfield. Give me the Baker.
1: <laughs> get the
3: Baker to the Dolphins because
1: no, – Not, not Thomas Baker? Not Thomas Baker?
3: No, no, no. no not, not Tommy Bakes, uh, Baker Mayfield. Um, you know,
1: <laughs> Thomas, uh, Thomas, Thomas
3: Baker is one of our uh, professors at law school. Yeah, another
1: yeah the legend.
3: That you guys listening are not going to get. <laughs> but uh, But, you know. What I was saying earlier about trading Jarvis Landry and trading away that passion, that spark on the offense, Baker Mayfield brings that back because, as you know, that guy during games is intense, and at times it's gotten him in trouble, but I like that intensity, I like that passion. And some people say, "Oh, Johnny Manziel is the same way. He was a hot head. He was a head case." But the difference is, Baker Mayfield actually cares about the game of football and cares about his teammates.
1: He respects he can't the game. say
3: the same thing about Johnny Manziel. Johnny Manziel was all about, you know, himself, himself. money, Manziel, and and that was it. Uh, Baker Mayfield shows, uh, you know, a passion for the game, and he's a great quarterback. You know, he's not your six foot four, six foot five Ben Roethlisberger style quarterback you know he's what I think six foot um but so is Russell Wilson Drew Brees isn't that tall either so oh, yeah. you don't need to be he don't need to be that six foot five gunslinger but one the the two th- the thing that Baker Mayfield is is he's a leader and he's also a very very accurate quarterback to the ball he makes straight throws tremendous throws and during the combine, he showed that his arm strength isn't that bad. It's actually pretty good.
1: Yeah, we so we you we put we, all we, that
3: together, you have a great quarterback.
1: Yeah, we. And, I um, have the
3: Duffins,
1: the highlights of him going in the background right now. He's from high school, yeah, and we're you know, gonna get his his, he,
3: his time in Oklahoma. Him, he had that drama of him against Kansas. I'm sure you guys know what I'm talking about. Yes.
1: Yeah. Explain yeah, it uh, for for those who don't know.
3: Okay, so a pre-game, before the game, Baker Mayfield went to, uh, you know, shake the, the leaders. for, for You know how before every game the leaders, you know, you got three players from each team going to center field to shake each other's hands. Right.
1: And, um,
3: you know, and so they, they went to do that, and they refused to shake Baker Mayfield's fan, So that just fired him up right there. And then on top of that, they got, I think they got a couple of cheap shots Cheap shots in him, at him in the game, and yep. fired him up even more. So he was basically saying like, "Who the hell are you, Kansas? Kansas yeah, football? Yeah, exactly. This is a basketball. Like one, two games a year. Yeah. He he said that to the fans. He he told the fans, "Go home, go watch basketball. You know, I love that. I love that passion. And then at the end of the game, you know, he's he's looking at the Kansas players sideline, and he's basically grabbing his nuts and telling them to go screw <laughs> themselves. Like, nice. I want I want him to do that to Bill Belichick and the Patriots. I want that I want the <laughs> same thing to happen when we beat the Patriots of Baker Mayfield. You know, I just want him to to just show Bill Belichick what's up. You know, he will yeah. be an instant legend in South Florida if he were to beat the Patriots and do that. Like, it's like if there's a Mount Rushmore of South Florida sports, he would make his case for that if he were to do that because yeah. that 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 that's our Super Bowl. We don't. We don't go to the real Super Bowls, so those little are what matters to us. But, um, you know, there's a chance Baker Mayfield drops to us. We're picking 11, so I, he, I see a lot of mock drafts with the uh, New York Jets, that crappy franchise, picking yeah. Baker Mayfield. Um, so if we really do want Baker and we've interviewed him, uh, we've worked him out, and I think we're flying him down here. I think we're flying him – we might be flying him to Davy, the Dolphins' uh, headquarters. So they are showing interest, whether it's a smokescreen or not, who knows. But if they are, are serious about it, they may have to make a move to trade up for him because he may not be there at number 11. But uh, if he's not there, I also like Lamar Jackson,
1: who I think is – uh, Okay, the before you get guy. to Lamar Jackson, Doug, here's here's mm-hmm. a photo uh, that uh, Andrew just, just – Posted right here. I'm gonna post it right here too. And there, it there is. That's not Jay Cutler. That's not Jay Cutler. All right. Just, just letting you know, it's not Jay Cutler. Okay. Yeah,
3: nope. That, that's, definitely not Jay Cutler. That's the dream that, that right is, there. That's the dream, exactly. The dream. The picture should, ca- should have the caption: The dream.
1: Yeah. Uh, and obviously the in, in, in uh, a new uniform as well because the Dolphins have to change that logo.
3: <laughs> right, right. They're not yeah, that's another uh phone to pick of Steven Ross, but that's for another. But they podcast.
1: said they're going to change it. They they said that it would they they called it a an they, it wouldn't be a revolutionary change. It would be an evolutionary change, which I have no idea what they mean by that. It's all logo um, logo I BS hope the They turn.
3: I, I hope they put more on. Well, let's be
1: honest, they
2: people with marketing types, they always like to keep things Yeah. Uh, exactly.
1: Uh, so some, some people joke like on Twitter and stuff. It's like so, but so the dolphins is gonna have an evolutionary logo. So that does that mean it's it? It's uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna uh, try not to get the punchline here. But I'm laughing already. It means that the Dolphins is gonna come out of the water and get legs, right? <laughs> you just like, stole
2: my joke. Thanks a lot.
1: Well, it was already said. <laughs> it was already said, like on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I stole your thunder. I'm sorry. <laughs> well you can make
2: it up to me by letting me do my third topic.
1: Uh oh well we're gonna do all the topics, so yeah. <laughs> okay, so I was just trying to create a nice segue for you there. Okay. Uh and finally what was it? Uh the other quarterback, your number two, Doug?
2: Oh, uh,
3: Lamar Jackson. Uh you know, I'll keep it short, but I think he's very underrated in his draft. And mm. that that guy is, is a playmaker, like Baker Mayfield, he's a playmaker. You know, and that, that attracts me is people able to make plays, you know, when, when things break down because, as we know, when you play for the Dolphins, things are breaking down all the time. The <laughs> offensive line is like blowing they're oh blowing assignments. You know, receivers are running the wrong routes. That's what the Dolphins are. The Dolphins break down. So if you're a playmaker you can make things happen, you have my attention, and that's why Baker Mayfield and Lamar Jackson have my attention.
1: Nice. Okay. All right. So that's uh, a little bit about the Miami Dolphins draft about getting an actual quarterback, someone who is actually a quarterback, uh, uh, trying to get a franchise quarterback, because the Mm -hmm. Dolphins have been been coasting for so long with just these guys who have been career backups or just, or just, you know, mediocre to average quarterbacks who just aren't superstars like Tom Brady or Cam Newton. Or, uh, or, or Ben Roethlisberger or, or Matt Ryan, anybody like that. Dolphins haven't had anybody like that since Dan Marino. And, it's, and, it's, and before Dan Marino was Bob Greasy. So it's, it's been way too long, way too long. All right, so uh, let's move on to the next topic, which is uh, a national story. And it's probably the feel-good story of the entire sports world for the last year. And it's continuing. It's still moving on and that is the brand new NHL franchise out in Las Vegas, the Vegas Golden Knights. Not to be confused with the UCF Knights, okay? As I've been told before. <laughs> Thank you. All right. I'm, so, I'm
2: just making your life easier because all right, so, then
1: you're and, not going to be murdered. Yeah, so Dan Friola, Andrew, you're you're you got it's it's uh, you got the floor. All right. Well,
2: Vegas Golden Knights, um, they this is their first year their inaugural season out in Las Vegas, and they are doing something that literally no other NHL team has ever done.
1: No other expansion they franchise have, in North American sports. <laughs> right.
2: They have the most wins and the most points for any uh, NHL expansion team in their first season, dethroning your beloved Florida Panthers. Yep. Uh, we were actually talking about that. There's a banner up in the rafters at BB&T Center that says most points and most wins for expansion team. Yeah, That's going to have down. to come down now.
1: Yeah.
2: But, um, yeah, it's just absolutely incredible what the Golden Knights are doing. No one – I saw so many polls at the beginning of the year. You know, How will they do? You know, Will they make it into the playoffs? you know, how far will they go, nobody gave these guys a chance at all. There was absolutely no, uh, there was no indication that they were going to be the number two team in the league, the number one team in the Western Conference. Nope. uh, Only a couple of points behind the President's Cup uh, leading Tampa Bay Rays, or Tampa Bay Lightning. There was absolutely no indication, but they just kind of have this, as I've heard someone mention it, a next man up mentality because
1: they've lost – I think each of their goaltenders has been – They had at an ETHL goaltender, and for those who don't know, that's like – it's the NHL, then the American Hockey League, and then, then the ETHL, which is like double A if you want to think right. about it in baseball terms. But you shouldn't be able to get to that goalie in the modern game.
2: Yeah, their 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 number one goalie is uh Mark Andre Fleury, uh originally from the Panthers. Or well
1: the I did not
2: get a lot of sleep last night. Thank you, Daylight Savings Time. <laughs>
1: um
2: I wish. originally from the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um he got uh transferred over to the Golden Knights in the expansion draft and he's just been standing on his head playing, except when he's been injured. In which case, uh, Malcolm Subban has been coming in, and that's the younger brother of the uh, Predators, PK uh, P. Subban. But they just they keep losing their goalies, and they keep finding another goalie to take their place and do extremely well. And then you've got, well, you guys can chime in too, because I don't want. Oh, to
1: – Oh yeah, no, I've got, I've got the. Uh... I've got the highlights from last night's game. They beat the – well, I mean, everybody beats them, the Buffalo Sabres, but it took them (laughs) until – it took them a shoot. Okay, uh, another tangent here. The NHL, I don't know, they've got an issue with these three franchises, the Buffalo Sabres, the Arizona Coyotes, and the uh, Edmonton Oilers, okay? Because for the the last five seasons, I think, five or more seasons, the bottom three teams, in the NHL consists of basically those three teams, okay? Or at least right. the bottom five. The bottom five teams can, consists of those three teams, and the Edmonton Oilers have won every draft lottery since the beginning of time now, <laughs>
0: for, for what it
1: seems. I don't know what's going on. I don't know the Coyotes. I have no idea where they're going to stay, where they're going to move. They're going to move to to Toronto or, or or Hartford or or Seattle or or Houston, or, or, or Saskatoon. I have no idea. Um, and, and then... It the, have to be a topic for another time. Your, yeah, that's your, another your time. For yeah, exactly. And then uh, then the Sabres, and the Sabres are just... They're, they're just awful. They're just really awful. <laughs> and they're dirty. And I have no idea how they're going to resurrect that franchise. But every, like everything in Buffalo, I mean, <laughs> everything's just horrible and miserable. And... Uh, well, uh, maybe not the Bills for at least one – one at least for like a couple weeks, they were, or one week actually, they were on top of the world.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, so
1: yeah, the Vegas Golden Knights, they are uh, at the expense of the Florida Panthers <laughs> in every single way it's historically and from getting their coach and their two best players or two, one of their two best players or two of their best players are a sensation. You're welcome, Las Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. So but I'm happy for Vegas. The NHL oh, yeah. no, it's a great story. Yeah, the NHL needed them to be good actually. They needed that that and you know, the whole thing with the, the shooting in Vegas before the season started kind of brought everything to perspective and actually inspired the team. So and that that's another thing the Panthers have also been inspired by by the Parkland shooting. We're not going to talk about that. That's more political stuff that you guys can go on Facebook and Twitter and have people yell and scream over there about that. We're just—I'm just mentioning it, and you know, don't you know, don't don't take it personally. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, that's the Vegas Golden Knights. I don't know if you want to say anything more about it, Andrew.
2: Um, I guess I'll just say that you know, hindsight being 2020, um, I guess it makes sense that the Golden Knights are doing this well. Um, I mean, like you said, you've got a couple of really good players from the Panthers, uh, one of them, Jonathan Marchessault. Yeah. Um, of course, Marc-Andre Fleury is uh, – he's right up there with Sidney Crosby and the Mount Rushmore of Penguins players.
1: He yeah. He
2: backstopped them to like two or three Stanley Cups. Yep. Um, and just other – in. I've been racking my brain about this all season. How on earth are they doing so good? But really, it's for me. I'm just thinking they just picked up a lot of really good players that teams thought were disposable. Yep. And putting them all together just clicked for some reason. And as a result, you've got a team that's on track to get home ice advantage for um, for at least the entire Western Conference playoffs.
1: Yeah they, they're actually thinking the Stanley Cup, which is Yeah, insane. and that's unbelievable.
2: Uh, you know I thought they might make a run at the playoffs, but I never in my wildest dreams, and I don't think anybody would have imagined this that they would be in line to be not just going to the playoffs, but potentially getting the President's Cup for the number one team in the league and have a realistic shot of going to the Stanley Cup Finals. I don't think anybody would have imagined that going into this season.
1: No, not at all. Nope. Yep. So, great story. I can't wait to see them in the playoffs, see how Vegas comes out for that. And good luck to whoever they're facing (laughs) (laughs) because that's going to be – whoever they face – Nobody's gonna be cheering for them, other than their fran- their fans. Okay? Everybody's mm-hmm. gonna be one of the knights that to, to do well. Okay. Alright, so that's the Vegas Golden Knights and they, they won last night against the Sabres and they're just they just keep winning and who knows when that thing is gonna end. Um all right, so I guess we're gonna get on to my last topic, uh for 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 this podcast and we're gonna wrap things up after that. So, okay, this is a whole thing, and we all have opinions about it because this kind of encapsulates, it it, it encapsulates, I guess, not just basketball, but I guess all of sports regarding the NCAA and how they do things and their practice and the whole thing about amateur sports. Because um, the NCAA and... All of these universities, there have been so many scandals, so much corruption. These coaches are getting paid millions. Some of these coaches are the highest-paid public employees in their states. Okay, in in a ton of these places. So, but yet, and and they make money off of these tournaments and bowl games. These universities in the NCAA tournaments, bowl games, all the ad revenue, all the sponsorships, all that stuff, and yet not a single dime of it, other than scholarships, not a single dime of it goes to any single one of the athletes, okay, and these athletes put in, not only are they going to school, okay, take what you want, maybe some of them are in a major that you think isn't really that that hard or whatever, but they're still going to school. They still have to take their classes. But then after that, they have to train, okay? They have to eat right, train well, and they live their own lives. And yet they're only provided the scholarship. Some of them aren't provided housing. Some of them aren't provided enough money for food. And many of these athletes depend on these scholarships because they come from their, you know, other maybe lower middle class to – to, to poverty means. Okay, a ton of these players are, are, are the actual hope for their families to become something through a college education or through being good enough to make it to, to professional uh, levels. However, um, the NCAA doesn't pay them a dime, and if a player even so much as accepts a handout. Even for something little, something tiny, uh, the NCAA immediately either bans them uh, or suspends them, tells them they can't play, or they relinquish the scholarship. They do all kinds of things to these players. I think, uh, uh, Andrew, wasn't it a UCF yeah. player that had a YouTube channel? Mm hmm. Uh, Donald he, De La Haye. Yeah. De La Hay. Exactly. He. Um, Explain that and a little bit I, for people, I, if you're familiar with it. Sure. Well,
2: uh, Darrell DeLaHaye, he was a uh, place kicker, so that would be field goals uh, for the UCF Knights. Um, he has a YouTube channel. Um, if if you want, I can send you the link.
1: Actually, so you can I'll post look for it right now. people. How do you um, put that? Okay, so De La Hay, he has I got him. a YouTube channel.
2: And. Was monetizing it because he met the YouTube criteria for it. Yeah. And his content is mainly, uh, you know, his life as a student athlete, uh, things like that. And De La Hay, uh, was told by the UCF compliance office, and I, I want to make this extremely clear it's not UCF's fault, and I'm not saying this to defend UCF, but. Right.
1: So well, you could see the channel in, here, and
2: I'll explain. UCF became worried that De La Hayes monetizing his—he uh, set a football on fire. Okay, um, that him monetizing his content might run afoul of NCAA rules uh, for you know profiting on his own image. So they got in touch with the NCAA and worked out an agreement because the NCAA, I'm assuming, told them, yeah, this is going to be an issue. So they said, okay, Uh, well, the the main issue is that the NCAA was thinking you're using your status as a student-athlete to make money from advertisements, and I don't know how much money you make from advertisements on YouTube. You would know better than I, but uh, I can't imagine it was that much.
1: But, Wait, he um, lost the scholarship, right? Right. Uh yeah, there's a video he, right here, actually, of it.
2: Yeah, they they came up with a deal. UCF uh, petitioned the NCAA to say, look, if he can he continue playing, if he demonetizes videos where he's talking about his as ath- student athlete status, but monetizes anything else, and the NCAA said, sure. Uh, De La Haye decided not to take the deal, and thus he was stripped of his scholarship for being ineligible. Now, it's it's just a bad situation overall, and I could I could really talk about this for hours since I have yeah. a lot of very strong opinions on this. But, but keeping with this main topic, I think it's just stupid that, and I think the whole and. I'll just keep it simple since I don't want to ramble on for an hour. Yeah. But I think it's just stupid that the NCAA doesn't give any sort of compensation to players aside from, you know, scholarships and stuff considering how much work they do for the school. Um, My feelings on it are a bit more complicated than that, but essentially it's even if all that stood, he's making like, a few dollars off of advertisements. Yeah, and he's not it, doing
1: anything publicly profiting from. Yeah, uh, he was a like lot it. smaller back then. And for those of you who don't know, I've been on YouTube for twelve years now. I'm I'm ancient when it comes to YouTube. I've seen every trend. I've seen YouTube poops. I've seen uh, <laughs> anime music videos. I've done it all. I've done <laughs> love gaming live streams. I, I've done everything that I could with my channel, but my channel is a stupid thing that I have it's nothing, anything serious. I, I have my career that I have separately from it. So I'm not depending on this channel, like, like, uh, like other people are on YouTube, but this guy, he obviously had a scholarship, but the ad revenue he has, he's probably, he's blown up now. He's got 580,000 subscribers now, but it's, I'm sure his ad revenue is, is good enough to provide for maybe gas or, or some food and stuff, but it's, it's not enough to sustain yourself unless you're, like, one of these massive YouTubers who have, I don't know, who, who get, like, $100,000 per video. And they have to churn out videos every day just to keep, you know, just to be able to keep paying the bills. So for him, that added revenue, it's enough for, for him in college. That was good enough for him to buy food and gas, I guess, which is great. Okay? Food and gas and maybe go towards a little to his rent or whatever. So it sucks that the NCAA was, you know, being, you know, douches about it. If pardon the language, but douches about it, from just a little for bit of put an R rating on this on this video now, thank you. Yeah, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get demonetized for that for just for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> um but you know, ad revenue isn't that much, but and it's only enough. I, I don't make that much myself, but it's enough for me to I don't know get a happy meal at McDonald's or something, but
0: not that many McDonald's
1: or, or Burger King or Wendy's or something. But uh, it's it's just it's ridiculous, it's silly, and and um, well, we're gonna roll into what LeBron James had said about the NCAA, and he obviously he came straight out of high school phenom, and is one of the greatest basketball players ever but the one and done rule i don't, I don't think it works for the basketball no nope. and it doesn't work no it doesn't work i mean kevin durant was a one and done and it would have been nice for him to stay at you know in texas whatever and realize the whole thing or what or what have you or make his own choice and he made his own choice just to leave to make money cuz he was that yeah. good a but lot that's of the
3: thing the top players in the country are not going to go to a school and then decide to stay there for all four years and get their degree. Exactly. The only reason why they're going there in the first place is because they need to in order to get to the NBA. Exactly. That is the only reason. Mm-hmm. You know, They're not showing up to class or they're doing just the bare minimums. Um, it's a joke. The one-and-done rule is a joke.
1: Yeah, it, it is a joke. It is a joke. And LeBron's proposal to extend the G League like, I'm a fan of the NBA G League, and the Miami Heat are fans of the G League. Pat Riley is actually a fan of it. You know, Pat Riley is Mr. Oh. Mr. Mr. Whale Hunter, Mr. Uh, – uh, was it uh, Captain Ahab, whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he's out the there. The G League
3: has it's, – it's given us so many of our players between Hassan Whiteside and Rodney Magruder and – yeah, and Tyler Johnson and you know, it's 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 paid off. It it, it can work if it's
1: supported. Yeah, and, and it works for teams like the Miami Heat are I don't consider us a small market franchise. I think we're we're at the top, we're at the top 10 as far as a market franchise and we're one of those franchises that are up there as far as reputation in the NBA now. Up there with the Lakers mm-hmm. and the Spurs and the Celtics. Okay. But the it works for the small market teams like let's say the orlando magic okay the orlando magic the the g league works for them or the indiana pacers or or the utah jazz just these teams that that even though there is a salary cap just it's hard for them to compete with the glitz and glamour of of cities like new york or miami or la or the or the or, or boston or chicago so it allows them to develop their own players they grow up under the system, and maybe they can keep them, like, uh, maybe like what you're seeing out in Milwaukee, okay? Uh, obviously, in the NBA, drafting a, a phenom is basically what you need to do in order to be successful in the league. But a lot of players aren't going to be phenoms coming out of the one and done, okay? A lot of them are good enough for college. Maybe they have a great tournament or what have you. And they think, "Okay, I'm gonna declare, and the horrible thing is, isn't it like if they declare they can't go back to the school even if if they go on draft i
3: I, I think if they hire an agent right I think if they i I may be wrong, but I think it's if they hire an agent, they can't go back Correct.
0: which
1: which is it's it's crazy it's it's really crazy that they have they prevent you from okay, I couldn't go." you know, why don't I keep my scholarship and I just finish school? You know, at least give right. me that, give, throw me a bone, okay? And LeBron's proposal, and I think Adam Silver, the NBA commissioner, is also on board with this, and it's good for basketball because it just grows the game. It's to have a more robust minor league system because the G League is, is fairly new compared to the minor league systems of Major League Baseball and the National Hockey League. But, and it's growing, and I think every team finally has an affiliate out there. Like the Miami Heat's affiliate are the the, the Sioux Falls Skyforce, who play out in uh, South Dakota. Okay.
3: Completely opposite type of environment. <laughs> but to but Miami.
1: but definitely a great incentive for the players that play there. Like, hey, if I do well yeah. enough, I can leave South Dakota and go to Miami. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, definitely an incentive. But, no offense to uh, you South Dakotans out there.
1: Yeah, but minor league, <laughs> but minor league systems grow the game all over the place. You know, you have minor league teams in these small towns, these small cities, uh, that, you know, it, it's nice. Uh, like here, we have. Uh, I'm up here in Palm Beach County, but I, I live in Miami too. But we have the the teams in Jupiter, the Palm Beach Cardinals, and the Jupiter Hammerheads. It's nice going to the game and seeing the future stars. Okay, I remember when when Jose Fernandez was alive. He came – I think he came straight out of Jupiter, straight to the Marlins. But you could tell, like, man, this kid is going to be awesome. And that's great for small towns, and it's great for growing the game. But it's great for the players most of all because, one, they're going to get the development time, okay, because they just need games. They need game time. They need game speed. Because you can practice all you want with the big squad, but once you reach the NBA or, or the NHL or MLB, like, it's a whole different level, okay? Mm. And some of them aren't ready for that. I mean, look at Markel Fultz. Num Yeah, that's, uh, he wasn't ready. Yeah, he's not ready. He's just not ready. If he, if, he, And because he's a number one pick and whatever, he's not going to go down to the G League. I don't know why. He should go. He should go to the G League. He should go. He needs he needs the development. He needs reps. He,
3: he needs to find his confidence. Yeah, he needs to find his confidence, and no better way than to go to the G League and just get minutes, because yeah. he's not going to get the minutes for, it, in it, Philly.
1: It's the same in Major League Baseball. I mean, if you look at baseball or hockey, I mean, a lot of these these kids come out. Some of them are like studs, but you know what? Sometimes they're just not ready. They can they, maybe they play a couple games up up in the big leagues, but they're just like nope. Not yet. Go back down, work on your game, we'll see you next year or whatever, or we'll see you in September yeah. if you're in baseball. So yep. the NBA needs something like that. Uh, I don't know if they could have a second league to get more players because the NCAA's stranglehold on basketball players and football players actually too um, prevents them from, from choosing either high school or college, which is what hockey and baseball players have. They can choose to go to college. They can choose to go to hockey or, or 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 professionals. So they can, you know, that's the the second thing for those players that come out. They'll develop their game, but also they're getting paid. They're getting right. paid for all that, all the hours, upon hours they do training, uh, nutrition, and playing games, and mm-hmm. making money for these teams. Because for a lot of these universities, the bread and butter is just. Their, that money that comes in from, from going to the, I don't know, the stupid whatever bowl game in Birmingham, Alabama, of all places. But the sponsor is giving you that money for your school, and those, those players deserve something for it. So I, I'm all for a G League expansion or basically the end of the one-and-done rule in basketball. Because yeah. and that,
3: that the end of the one and done rule ultimately has to come down to the NBA because they're the one, they're the yeah. one that institutes the rule that you have to be I think 19 years of age or older to to play in the NBA, so that forces the players' hands in terms of either going to college or the only other alternative right now is going overseas.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, that's the other alternative. They want to get paid. Yeah, just like uh. <laughs> uh the the other ball brother the ball the other two ball brothers, gosh. (laughs) But that's a whole different mess (laughs) that I don't want to talk about. Yeah, that's that's. But still, it's still something that they chose to do. You know what? I'm not going to go to college. I'm going to go over there, and they shouldn't be punished for having that choice. Okay.
0: Right. Right.
1: Like no player should be punished for choosing to go to college or choosing to to do something else. I mean, it's. And And if they do it,
3: if they do Expand, you know, the G League to make it more of a comprehensive uh, minor leagues, you know, like a a, a feeder system for yeah. NBA teams. You know, they can also look into expanding the NBA draft, throwing a third round. So yeah. Exactly. First round pick, second round pick, and third round pick. I do believe back in the day, before my time, there were there were more rounds in the NBA draft than just two rounds. Yeah. So, um, you know, they could do that as well and, you know, give more of these, these players a chance.
1: Exactly. You know,
3: having only two rounds is pretty – it's it's hard, you know. it's Your odds of getting drafted are so much smaller than if you're, you know, in football where you have seven rounds.
1: And, and so many of those players, even, even though –
3: baseball where you have like 30-something.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, hockey and baseball and in football I have so many rounds. But – yeah. In but a lot of the players that are drafted, a lot of them don't make it to the NBA. They just they're they're stuck in the G League or what have you. But that's good. I mean, because look at Hassan White said Once again, the G League helped him. Eventually, it helps. Eventually, some of them break out and become and get their big payday in the NBA or finally make it. You know.
0: So yeah. it's it, it
3: there's plenty of talent you can find in the G League that can contribute in today's NBA. You just need more support for the players down there.
1: Yeah, yeah. They need more support, and and the, and I think the NCAA's whole system is all messed up. Like I'm, like I used to think that okay, the scholarship was enough, but it really isn't enough, and it sucks yeah. that a lot of them they take something like this just something just. Uh, just to feed themselves or what have you, and and the NCAA they just come down with the big hammer like, nope, nope, you're done, no more, you can't play, and so now unless, you, yeah,
3: yeah, un- unless you know you're you're Jameis Winston and you're stealing crab legs from Publix so that's a different story. Well, well, totally you know, angry.
1: you know, Jameis <laughs> is, uh, I used to defend him all the time when he was, you know, but
3: he's not, he's no longer <laughs> my
1: Florida State fans issues, you know. He's he's Tampa's problem. So. You've,
3: you've dropped responsibility
1: for. Yeah, games. you know, uh, I can talk to our our friend Drew, uh, about Jameis and his antics. You know, that's that's <laughs> the Buccaneers' <laughs> issues now. Okay. So, um, I don't know. You guys have anything more to say about the NCAA and how horrible they are?
3: <laughs> no, I think I think we uh, summed up how bad they are. How uh, how corrupt
1: and dirty
2: they are yeah yeah, yeah i i think we you got it pretty covered
1: yeah I'm, there's more in-depth stuff about them and you can see the scandals going on like a, a michigan state and just these other places and yeah. uh just coaches and and athletic directors just it, it, it's really dirty it's really dirty and it sucks that the players have to suffer for it um when they really shouldn't Okay, because I know a lot of players get in trouble with the law and things like that, but that's something separate. That's something separate. If they're trying to just trying to feed themselves by taking a, a handout, just a generous handout, whatever. Okay, fine. Like I get that they're trying to keep from like I think SMU, whatever, was banned for a while, trying to keep things competitive and keep things fair. But still, they're they if you if you're gonna do that, at least have some compensation for the players. That way they don't have to right. think about taking that, that handout back uh, under the table type of stuff. Right. Yeah. So. Uh, it's unfortunate, uh, but it's you know, yeah. that's,
2: that's what money does.
1: Yeah, it is, but there's so much to go around that it shouldn't be that way.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All right, guys. So we are at the two-hour mark, and I think we're, we just went, we went through all our topics. We just went yeah, through all of them, yeah, so we did. Um, yeah, them. this was the first edition of the Sports Goofs podcast. I don't know when we're yeah. going to do the next one. We'll probably do this either monthly or or maybe biweekly, something like that. Enough to have some new new articles to talk about and new stories. Yeah, because you, um, you, you can't do it
3: too much because then you just run out. Of, you know, yeah, things to talk about. yeah.
1: Because sometimes things just don't happen or nothing huge yeah. happens just yet. But um, when Next time we do this, we'll probably be in the thick of March Madness, so mm-hmm. there will be plenty to talk about for there. That is for sure. Yep. Um, see if uh, Grayson Island trips anybody else.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can. Uh,
1: yeah. Okay, yeah. I'll, fa- I'll see if I can have a YouTube highlight of him tripping people. <laughs> yeah,
3: exactly. A montage.
1: Yeah. And, draw something up. and uh, you know, the, the NHL and NBA seasons are coming to a close. So the playoff racers are going to be getting tight. So hopefully the Panthers and the Heat are in a good position the next time we, we talk about them. And then spring training will be wrapping up as well, and we'll, we'll get anticipate the Marlins. And the NFL draft will, will be getting closer and closer. The mock drafts are going on right now. Uh, people are yep. speculating, people predicting. And, um, and obviously the national stuff uh, will – We'll see what happens there. So thank you to Dougie Souls for your time. Yeah, no problem, man. For this first thank one. Thank you for,
3: for uh, having me
1: on. Yeah, for putting yourself out there. And then uh, thank you to Dan Frijoles. My All pleasure. Right. All righty. So if you want to follow Dougie Souls, uh, he doesn't have as many social media things as me or Damp. but he's got his Xbox account. So if you want to you know, play some Rocket League or some stuff against him, <laughs>
3: <laughs> Hit me up on Xbox.
1: Yeah, you can get Mer- Meridius One, and then you got Dan Frijoles. He's on Twitter. He's got a YouTube channel. He does some PS4 live streams of some some games that he's got there. He's on Steam, yeah, on Xbox. Like it. Yeah, when he feels like it, when he feels like firing off that PS4. I think he's got NHL. Right. You got NHL right and MLB or something. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and you know, I I made it easy for you all. Everything is Dan
2: Frijoles. So.
0: Yeah, um,
1: just
2: kind of search that, and you'll more than likely find me.
1: Yeah, and well, I'm FGOGR. Uh, once again, established 2006, 12 years on YouTube, and the OG. Yeah, the OG. Yeah, just I'm ancient. Uh, so <laughs> made this when I was freaking teenager, and uh, yeah, I'm on Twitter. I'm on YouTube, as you can obviously see and tell. Uh, I'm on Steam. I don't. I play Rocket League mostly on team. I haven't played in a while, but uh, play Rocket League against Doug. You can always join our parties. We haven't done one in a while. Yeah. We gotta, we gotta do that. No, again. I know. I haven't um,
3: played in a while, dude. It's I, I probably don't even know like how to do anything. Anymore. Yeah, I think the B button is a
1: boost. I think the B button is a boost. <laughs> yeah, I don't know.
3: It could be that, or it could be like a flip or something. Who knows? Yeah, so, so you actually try it and find
1: out. Yeah, um, I'm on F. FG- i am on fgi have an Xbox account, but it's on my PC. FGOGR64. I had Forza, but I don't play it much. And then I have a PSN account. I don't have a PS4 or a PlayStation Vita, but nobody owns a PlayStation Vita, so that's fine. <laughs> it's the unicorn. But I do have a Nintendo Switch, and there's my my Switch friend code. Um, and I play a lot of Splatoon. So uh, and of course I'm on Letterbox Cats. Uh, one of the writers there. Uh, I don't write as much anymore because of, of work and everything, but every once in a while I do a recap of the Panthers, and, and I go to a, a cover a game if I can. And so, yeah, this is the the end of the first Sports Goose podcast. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, you're going to see some uh, some end card screens now. You're going to see, I guess, my logo. You'll see Dan Friolis' logo, and you'll see, like, two videos probably or a playlist suggested and I guess my Patreon page, so maybe you can donate to us, and we can actually make this a lot better.
3: <laughs> or we could just, or we could
1: just take the money and go to like Burger King or something. So yeah. Yeah, get,
2: or we could just, you know, save it and use your uh, your ad revenue to get a happy meal for us.
1: So. Yeah, exactly. So uh, thanks, everybody. Take care. Bye, bye. We'll see you next time.